Hello and welcome back. We're the Horror Movie Crew. I'm Josh. Hey y'all. Seth. Hey y'all. Seth. We're not joined by Jessica. Jess. She's not. Oh, Jess. <laughs> she decided not to show up today. I don't know why. She was supposed to be here. We waited 27 minutes now and she just is she never showed up. I don't yeah, know. She's pissed. You did something. It was probably my fault. Yeah. Just kidding. She's not going to be here. It's just going to be the two of us. We're going to have a real good time doing it. Yeah, she has interpretive dance class on the days that we record these. So Is that what she's doing? Yes. It makes a lot of sense, mm. truthfully. Yeah, she owns a studio. She owns the studio? Yeah, she teaches Shit. interpretive dance. Mm-hmm. I didn't know she taught it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's exciting. Very exciting stuff. <laughs> Seth, what the hell have you been up to? Not much. It's been a pretty chill weekend. I had dinner with my parents for my dad's birthday. Ooh. And I just did like leaf mulching and other knick-knacky things around the house. Nicky-knacky things around the house. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, what, 75 and now it's 45 degrees. It jumped quick, didn't it? At least we had one last burst of nice weather. Hmm. That's true. That was it. You told me to get outside and do all my shit and I didn't do it. (laughs) I worked inside. Put new lights in the studio here. What do you think? I like them. It's looking more and more professional every time we come over here. We're getting there. Yeah. I got to get the big lights out into the garage now. But hey, it's going to look good. Someday we're going to post a picture and people are going to be like, wow, that is really nice. Yeah. Or they won't. Or they'll be like, wow, it's a basement. Oh, wow. They're just recording in a basement <laughs> with a 1950s wall radiator. And a 90s conference room table. I like the table. I don't know why you always make fun of my I actually really like it. It's very sturdy. It is. Compared to the one we used to use. It could be like a uh, Red Room of Pain table. Yeah, you could chain somebody to it, probably. (laughs) It's not quite long enough, though. You don't think? I don't know. Their legs would have to hang over. We'll try it after the show. (laughs) (laughs) We'll try it out. Oh, shoot. That's all I've been up to. This is episode 21, by the way. We're talking about 1998's Halloween H20. Yes, it should not be O. No, it should be zero. But everyone calls it O. H2O. Yeah. That's what you call water. Right, but that doesn't make any sense for this. It should be 20. Yeah. As in 20 years. Halloween H20. Or should it just be Halloween H20? <laughs> or should it just be 20 years later? I don't know. We're going down a rabbit hole. Everyone calls it H2O, though. That's what I call it. Yeah. That's what I call it. So I watched this movie one and a half times. I didn't get to finish the second time through. So I should be amped and ready to go. Well, I just finished it this morning, so. I'm going to need you to carry me through the second half of it because, you know, I only watched it. Yeah, I had to pause a lot. There's a lot going on in this. Did you think? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of action. Ooh, a lot of, a lot of action. I actually really like this one. I forgot how much I liked it. Hmm. Before we get into the movie, you watching anything new? Anything at all? I'm still watching Bly Manor. Mm. How far into it are you? I think I'm on episode seven. And there are ten? Is there 10? I actually didn't look. I don't know. I'm guessing there's 10. And then I'm finishing out Shit's Creek, which I'm very sad that it's ending. This is it? Like, it's over? Yeah. Uh, my wife's watching it. I tried to watch some of it last night and fell asleep. I thought you would like it. It'd be your kind of humor. It's very dry. Uh, Maybe. It, I don't know. Maybe I just need to start it from the beginning, because I like jumped in to like midway through like an episode somewhere. Maybe. Maybe. But it's maybe. Good. good stuff. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. It's not that great, Seth. It's good. No, it's not. It won like a <laughs> shit ton of Emmys, dick. <laughs> uh, so what season is it on? Five? I and think this, this is, is it. it. Yeah. They're calling a quits. Calling a quits. That's exciting stuff. Exciting, exciting stuff. 
Yeah, I'm probably never going to watch it, but that's fine. Um, I'm not watching anything new. I haven't started Bly Manor. I need to. I've been listening to a bunch of podcasts, but that's about it. When I'm work, because all I do is work around the house, and it's just a lot easier just to listen to podcasts. Right. Or music. Right. Right. Did you see that new movie called Rebecca coming out on Netflix? It's not the same one we saw. It's not Becky? No. No? What's it about? I don't know, but it looks good. My parents watched it and they said it was good. I really? think it's based off a, is it a Stephen King, maybe? I don't know. I don't know, but it looked creepy. It's called Rebecca. Mm-hmm. I'll check it out, man. Rebecca. I am going to check it out. There's a lot of scary mm. stuff on there now. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Why don't we jump into shout outs? Okay. So pull up your Instagram account. And I asked a question this week. Shout out time. Answers will be read on the next podcast. So I have a picture of Michael from Rob Zombie's Halloween where he's got his nice orange pumpkin mask on. And I said, tell us what Michael is thinking. And for the usual, we got a bunch of awesome responses. So we're going to we're gonna do shout outs and read the responses. Seth, let me know when you get there. I know you got that uh, Razor phone. Yeah. Why am I not seeing any? Oh, here we go. Did you get them? Yeah, I'm trying to get to the top. Trying to get to the top. Okay. You just want to alternate? You want to go first? Yeah. <laughs> so, XHR Podcast. Damn, this mask is really damn itchy and kind of smells like a foot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's pretty good. Well, as much as we talked about how bad he probably stinks, you know, that probably... That is probably pretty right on. Not not too far off. We got a dork who lifts. Did I leave the oven on? No, I definitely turned it off. Wait, did I? No, it's off. Well, nah, it'll be fine. <laughs> Rainbird 51. Michael Strong. Michael Sad. <laughs> people Weak. Michael Crushed People. Michael Dead Inside. <laughs> I assume he meant it in a caveman type of tone. You think that's how he assumes Michael talks? Well, if you assume he's dumb, I guess. Oh, man. Okay. The Bloodshed Podcast. Why is it that everyone thinks I'm the best horror movie villain when most of the Halloween movies are <laughs> awful? <laughs> Damn. Wow. Woo. Wow. Uh, two Chicks in a Horror Flick commented on that and gave that one, two, three, four, five thumbs down. So they were not appreciative. They were pissed. They weren't happy. They're coming for you, Bloodshed. Twat Podcast said, this mask is hot and it makes me breathe heavy, but every great artist suffers for his craft. Well, I better see what Sis is up to and test out test out this here knife durability. <laughs> <laughs> Two chicks in a horror flick, but it, oh, this is a song. Do you know that? Do you know how this melody goes? But if I stayed uh, here with you, girl, things just couldn't be the same. Cause I'm as free as a bird now, and this bird you cannot change. That's oh, free bird. Oh, it's fucking free bird. <laughs> Are you gonna sing it now in the free bird? <laughs> I feel like I ruined it. Sorry, sorry, gals. I fucked that all up. Okay, I'm gonna do the next one. Go ahead. That's a long one. Okay, fear the talking queers. Ugh, another day, another shitty paper mache mask. Jesus, I need to get out of here. I really want to go home and grab that white mask I wore when I killed Judith. It looks so good on me. So debonair. (laughs) Why am I sitting here feeling sorry for myself? I mean, look at me. I've blossomed into an enormous gentleman. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, I bet he has. 
I'm uh, gonna get yuck. out. I'm gonna get out on Halloween, and no one's gonna stop me. I think I'm finding myself again. I knew that 15 years of meditation would work. Talk about holistic healing. I am strong. I am capable, and I'm ready to fucking rock Halloween. These losers better be ready for a show because Mikey's back, bitch. <laughs> Wow, that took a lot of thought. Uh, I love their answers. They're always so good. (laughs) Oh, shoot. Scaring Sam Pod. Can't wait for everything to go back to normal so I can get rid of this pandemic hairstyle. (laughs) I'm rocking a pandemic hairstyle myself, Seth. I don't know if you've seen it or not lately, but my hair is not looking great. No, it looked a little crazy. Mm -hmm. So Chuck goes to the movies, did another song. I feel pretty, oh so pretty. I feel pretty and witty and psychotic. <laughs> and I pity any girl who isn't killed by me tonight. Wow, you did a good job. I kind of know that song, but I don't know it. I forget what it's from. Hmm. I think you did a great job. Yeah. I really do. I really missed my calling on singing, but it's too late. You should uh, go on The Voice. Maybe Blake <laughs> Shelton will pick you up and you can... Um... <laughs> they would like stop it like two words in. They'd be like, no. No, sir. Please get <laughs> off the stage. Why are you even here? A podcast on Elm Street. This wasn't the BDSM mask I ordered <laughs> from Brooke. I knew he was into that shit. You Could you tell? Why do you think that? I don't know. I can just tell. Is it his Jesus-like hair? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he does have very like disciple type hair, doesn't he? He looks like he could be in a cult of some sort, a or BDSM a, cult, <laughs> <laughs> or a Bible story. <laughs> he's going one way or the other. He's either in a BDSM cult or he's in a fucking church cult, um, a Bible study yeah. group. But the next time we talk to him, I have to ask. I'll talk to him tonight. I'm going to be on their podcast. Ask which cult he's in. Okay, I'll let him know what you think. Inquiry minds want to know. <laughs> Can we start calling him the Canadian Jesus? Yes. <laughs> Totally fine with that. All right. Oh, so podcast on Elm Street. Mark said, should I use this picture for my Tinder profile? Yes. Yes, you should. Yeah. Mm. Pretty hot. Thanks for the shout out. Thanks for all the comments, guys. We appreciate it. <laughs> Makes my life easier when I, we're coming up for content for this podcast of ours. I think uh, Fear the Talking Queers definitely won. They win every time. They I don't know. They, they really bring their A game for these things. That's, that took some time. It did. I think they really thought that all the way through. And then some. Again, thanks for the shout or thanks for the comments for the shout out section. Makes our life a lot easier. That was fun. It was so much fun. Seth, and are you to, having and fun? I got to sing. <gasps> you did. I fucked Freebird up. Yeah, I didn't recognize it until we got to the like third part. <sighs> Sad. Really I just I'm gonna, let's just start over. Let's just close and start over. Rewind. Alright, let's jump into Truth No Dare. The questions are going to be rapid fire. I'm going to read all of them to you first. Okay. And then you read them to me. Are you ready? Yeah. Wes Craven or John Carp? <laughs> Wes Craven or John Carpenter? John Carpenter. John Carpenter or Rob Zombie? Carpenter. Carpenter or James Wan? James Wan. Mm, I knew it. Fucking knew it. You ready? Ghostface or Jason? Jason. Jason or Michael? Michael. Michael or Leatherface? Michael. I have Leatherface twice. Yes, you do. Michael wins. Jason's going to be pissed at me. You're dead. You're fucking dead. Jason just got back from vacation, too. He was shooting a wedding in Denver or something. He's back. Well, maybe he won't listen to this one. Guess who's back? Back again. Jason's back. Papa John's or Pizza Hut? Neither. Got to pick one. Pizza Hut, I guess. Ew, really? Yeah, I don't don't like either of these places. (laughs) 
You would order Pizza Hut over Papa John's? Probably. Wow. What's your favorite chain pizza place? Probably Donato. Is that like a thing that's all over the place, or is that an Ohio thing? I don't know if it's just Ohio, if it's like a couple states. If you're listening out there, let us know if your state has a Donato's. Ugh, I love Donato's. If you're not in Ohio. Obviously, we know in Ohio there's fucking Domino's. Or wait, Donato's. Donato's. Yeah. yeah. Fuck some Domino's, by the way. Yeah. The worst pizza you can order. Last one. Slasher or disaster movie? Slasher. Oh, you made it through alive, dude. Great job. All right, hit me with the questions. Okay. Ready? Go. Wes Craven or John Carpenter? Wes Craven. Wes Craven or Rob Zombie? Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie or James Wan? Rob Zombie. Okay. Does that surprise you? Nope. Ghostface or Jason? Ghostface. Ghostface or Michael? Ghostface. Ghostface or Leatherface? Ghostface. Ghostface or Leatherface? Ghostface. <laughs> I was one. I didn't know if you meant like old Leatherface versus new. I didn't know why it was on there. It's supposed to be Freddy. I fucked it up. Oh. Well, you know, I do that all the time. Papa John's or Pizza Hut? Papa John's. Slasher or Disaster? Slasher. Okay. We made it through. How do you feel now? No that way. was fun. I like going that fast. That's what your boyfriends tell me. It's exciting. Makes my nips hard. He's so fast. He gets them thunder nips. Thunder nips. You ready to jump into the movie? Yes. Time for the Do You Like Scary Movie discussion. Again, HMC number 21. Can you believe we've done 21 episodes already? No. This will actually be our 30th, I think, total episode. I can't believe I spent that much time with you. Yeah, man. If you include the Krubies, we're in there, I think. Maybe it's not that many. It's got to be close. It is. 30 because we did the one Kevin Bacon, that shitty Kevin Bacon movie. So we should have eight Krubies, one crew review, and then we've got 21 HMC episodes. Holy cow. There's technically a second crew review. It's just not published. We cannot publish that. <laughs> Maybe one day down the road. We cannot publish that. Maybe a bloopers one. So before we hop into the, the, the full discussion, I guess. So I recorded with um, Two Chicks and a Horror Flick. What's today? Saturday? Sunday. So Friday I recorded with them and we actually brought up the uh, Becky review and how it was just unpostable. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly my fault. <laughs> I was like, Seth like talked incoherently and laughed for ten straight minutes. It was I, like, was, I don't know why I was so drunk. You were, it was because you were on, on there with the podcast on Elm Street. Oh, that's right. It was a long. That's mm-hmm. right. Did you take next week off? No. Why? Because I have three. I'm going to be on three episodes of podcast release next week, and I thought you would take the week off just to like sit down and listen to them. Oh no, huh? And evaluate them. We'll do that. Jessica and I will listen to them together. And play with your little wiener. And criticize them That's harshly. Dude, I, I eat a lot of shit on, online for my views, so it's fine. You can you can do that. I don't care. Anyway, the movie, Halloween H2O, we all picked it. Why? Because it's awesome. Seth, do you remember the first time you watched this movie? I'm pretty sure I actually saw this in the theater. Ooh, you did? Yeah. Lucky uh, Yeah, I, I would have been in high school. Mm. So. Hmm. Was it a date? Mm, probably not. Probably not. That's okay. I was 11 when this came out. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I was 16. You're such an old man. That's so far apart. <laughs> yep. Uh, my first time watching this was on a Blockbuster home rental. Ooh. How exciting, huh? Yeah. Very much so. Our characters, Lori Strode slash Carrie Tate, played by Jamie Lee Curtis. John, which is going to be uh, Lori Strode's son, is played by... None other than Josh Hartnett. Michael is played by Chris Durand in this in this one. You know who Chris Durand is? Mm-mm. 
He actually doubled as an extra on Scream for Ghostface. Oh. Pretty crazy. Molly, played by Michelle, <laughs> Michelle Williams. Charlie's played by Adam Hanberg. Sarah is Jody Lynn O'Keefe. Ronnie is LL Cool J. And Dr. Loomis makes a voiceover appearance by Tim Kane. So is this Josh Hartnett's first movie? It did say introducing yeah. Josh Hartnett, didn't it? So it must have been. I'm not sure. He was filming this and The Faculty at the exact same time, though, because if you notice, his hair is exactly the same. True. Mm-hmm. Which one came out first, this one? I'm not sure. That's a good no. question. If I uh, didn't unhook the internet over there, I would look. But since I don't care that much, I'm not going to look, Seth. No. Mm, okay. Director, Steve Miner. Steve Miner did Lake Placid, a shit ton of TV shows. Uh, he actually did the first uh, he did the first pilot episode of Dawson's Creek and then four other Dawson's Creek's episodes. Other than that, not much to talk about. Oh. You ever seen Lake Placid? I think I have. Do you like it? Is that the one with Betty White in it? Yes. Yes, I have seen it. In that. The Alligator. Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. Great movie. Great, great, great movie. Synopsis. You want to read the synopsis? I believe it's your turn. Oh, man. Do I have to? Especially since this one's very long. Yeah, I know. Well, you guys always make fun of him. So, synopsis. Two decades after surviving a massacre on October 31st, 1978, former babysitter Lori Strode, Jamie Lee Curtis, finds herself hunted by persistent knife wielder Michael Myers. Lori now lives in Northern California under an assumed name where she works as the headmistress of a private school. But it's not far enough to escape Myers, who soon discovers her whereabouts. As Halloween descends upon Lori and her peaceful community, a feeling of dread weighs upon her with good reason. Mm. Wow, I wrote that really well, didn't I? That was okay. I could have probably done without the last sentence. Oh, really? I thought that it really added to it. Mm. It was the with good reason part. That was it? That's what did you in? Eh, well, fuck it. I got it from um, Rotten Tomatoes, if you want to know the truth. I did not actually come up with that, Seth. Okay. I can't lie to you, you know. I just want to have an open, honest relationship. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> Sorry, I find myself in this position every single time we do this, and I never have the can ready. You ready to talk about this movie? Let's do it. Wow. And I forgot my meat log. Oh, shit. You can just, like, thump your... <laughs> <laughs> I realize that halfway here, I'm like, should I turn around for it? No. You should have. <laughs> Should have went and got it. Scene one, opening scene, October 29th, 1998. Mr. Sandman starts playing as we see a woman stab a pumpkin with a butcher knife. It's a huge knife to carve a pumpkin with. We carved pumpkins last night, and I was thinking that as we were carving pumpkins. I was like, gosh, did that lady really need that big knife? And to stab it like that? like Well, you know, they were just making... Here, little... Ashley. <laughs> was that his name, Ashley? No, I just, there's little kids there. Uh, like what if were, she like missed and stabbed the kid? The kid was pretty close. We'd have a completely different movie if that were the case. Yeah. Nonetheless, we use those little ones from the carving kit and they work just fine. You don't need mm. a butcher knife to carve a pumpkin. No, those things actually work better than you'd think. They work great. Mm-hmm. Nurse Marion from Halloween 1 and Halloween 2 pulls up in front of a house across the street smoking her infamous Siggy. She's a little road hard looking. She looks rough, doesn't she? <laughs> she does. She's still got that bitchy look on her face, too. Yeah, she just looks crabby. Yeah, well. She steps on glass as the music stops, and she realizes that her lit, her lit, her light bulb is busted. She looks through the front door and sees the house is empty, but says, shit, mm-hmm. and runs next door, pounding on the door. She runs into the neighbor boys, one, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, dressed in a hockey mask. 
Jimmy, that's Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and his friend call the police as Jimmy grabs his hockey stick and enters Nurse Marion's house. I just like when they're sitting on the couch and she's smoking, Jimmy's like, don't you know that secondhand smoke kills? And she's like, yeah, but they're all dead. <laughs> she's such a bitch. And did you know she blows the smoke yeah, in his like, face? Yeah, right, like in the kid's <laughs> face. Like, God, it's just funny. She's had a lie, a hard life, Seth. She doesn't have time for this shit. She looks like she's had a hard life. And her house just got broken into. Like, what do you expect from the woman? It's technically Loomis's house, but... Oh, is it Loomis's house? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. They say that she was taking care of him. Oh, okay. That makes sense. It's his office, too, right? Yeah. Anyway, as Jimmy enters the house, he looks scared shitless, doesn't he? Yeah. So he's trying to be tough. Didn't really come off that way to me. Well, he, he yells looked. out some stupid threat, like, I've been suspended a bunch of times or something dumb. That's what he says inside the house. Jimmy lets the villain know that he's been suspended five times for getting a little crazy with the stick, and he slams the stick on the ground. Probably fucked up her hardwood floors. Yeah. As he looks from room to room, we see that the office, uh, in the office, that someone has ripped it apart, and there are papers scattered all over. He swipes a cookie off a plate. As he raises the refrigerator for beer, something falls. I think it's a ironing board, isn't it? Yeah, those ones that like used to fold up in the wall. It falls out of the yeah. wall, scares the shit out of him, and then he takes out her pots and pans rack with uh, his <laughs> hockey stick, which I thought was hilarious. That was pretty funny. He leaves the house, letting her know that a person did a real number on her office. Oh, and they really messed up the kitchen, too. Mm-hmm. I thought that was funny. That scene, did you get a little jumpy in that scene at all? I did a little bit, yeah. Okay. A little jumpy. So by this time, when he comes out of the house, it's dark and the cops still haven't showed up. Uh, the nurse goes back inside the house, locking uh, locking the door. She realizes that the power is out of the house. Yeah, because she says so much for the cops. So the funny thing to me is, if you notice, it's Halloween time, right? Yep. Um, everybody's got their Halloween decorations outside, which are lit up. They've, I think there's some inflatables going on. She was just the neighbor's house and they had power. Didn't it say it was October 28th? 29th, I thought. And weren't there a bunch of kids out, like, trick-or-treating? Um, I don't think so. There was, like, a bunch of people on the street, though. Maybe there was, but here, um, they okay. actually do Halloween on, like, a Saturday. So, like, maybe people don't oh, do theirs that's true, that's true. on the actual day. So, true. if it was Saturday, maybe. But, yeah, the lights are not working. Mm-hmm. But, obviously, obviously, everybody else's are. So, this is strictly pertinent to her house right right so she goes down she checks the breaker grabs a flashlight um she investigates the office where we see a picture of dr loomis there's a file folder uh, and it says Lori strode laying on the table when she picks it up we realize that, that it's empty so whatever was in it is gone mm-hmm. as the nurse runs down the hallway to check a door we see michael behind her as she turns around michael's gone but the door standing wide open she drops the flashlight I don't know why. She runs out of the house to the neighbor boys. Well, first she starts to walk towards the back door, but then you see a shadow outside. Oh, I didn't notice by. the shadow. And that's when she drops and she, I don't know if she says like F this or she's like, no. I could see that. <laughs> but how about that run out the front door across the, yeah. uh, across the <laughs> yard? <laughs> Her nurse outfit. <laughs> like, could she be any worse of a runner? I know. But it's at like least she th- wasn't dumb. Like instead of investigating, she mm. actually left. Okay. You know? That's true. That's true. She enters the neighbor's house. We see that Jimmy is dead in the chair with an ice Ugh. skate through his face. Ouch. I thought it looked cool. She tries to run out the back, and the other boy falls on her dead. Uh, he She opens the back door, and the boy falls through the door on her. I didn't see how he was killed. Did you uh, he see? had a knife in his back. Okay, I missed it. Michael walks in behind the dead kid, and as the nurse runs through the house, uh, he grabs another kitchen knife off of the counter. Mm-hmm. A big the, one. Yes, Finally, outside, the police approach the house next door. The only problem is the nurse left her house and went over to the neighbor's house. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So we see the cops at the neighbors, or it's what was her house actually. But we see it through the windows of the house she's now in. Uh, the nurse hits Michael with a fire iron. Is that how you? Is that what you would call that? I called it a fireplace poker. Ooh, a fire poker. No, she gets him a couple times. She does. She approaches the window, but Michael grabs her. As he does, he um, she hits him again with the fire poker. Turns and knocks out the window, but it's too late. The police are already in in the other house. And we're not outside. Michael grabs her by the hair and slits her throat, killing her. Did you notice that when he grabs the back of her hair, she screams, he's not dead, Andy? I guess I didn't notice that. I looked. I don't know who the hell Andy is. Hmm. What's Loomis's first name? Dr. Samuel Loomis. The fuck is Andy then? I don't know. I even rewound it and read the subtitles and it said, he's not dead, Andy. Hmm. So... This was had a very scream feel to it, though. Ah, I'm glad you said that. Mm-hmm. So um, as the camera pans out, we see Michael pulling out of the driveway in Nurse Marion's car. So He's I actually in Jimmy's car. Oh, that's Jimmy's car. Yeah. nurse. The nurse's car is parked down the street. Oh, you're right. Yeah. God damn it. You pay really good attention to details. So. I do. Did you have some coffee with this one? I did, actually. <laughs> Beautiful. So I love this scene. Um, full disclosure, I guess I should have talked about this earlier, but this was my first introduction to Michael Myers with Halloween H2O. Oh, really? This is where my love of Michael Myers came from. So anyway, I do love this scene. The score, like you had just mentioned, I think the score had a very scream vibe to it. Yeah, it had that whole 90s slasher movie feeling. Um, it also was very reminiscent of the Casey Becker scene from Mm -hmm. Scream, where help is so close, so her parents are like right there. If she could have screamed, Casey Becker may have lived because her right. parents may have saved her. However, she couldn't. Right. In this one, had she been able to hit the window sooner, the police would have seen her and maybe been able to save her. I don't know. Probably not, but there would have been a chance. But I think it's very, very similar to that um, mm-hmm. that scream opening scene. Yep. But again, I think this movie has scream all throughout it. Uh, so the Kevin Williamson did not get any credit for writing this movie, but I guess he did have a, a pretty hefty hand in the writing of this movie. So, and it was the same, wasn't it? Screen Gems or whoever was that the same people? Dimension, Dimension, yeah, Dimension. So. Yes, Dimension. We see uh, we see two police officers talking about Nurse Marion, and now. Oh, I'm sorry. And how she was Sam Loomis's nurse. So this is uh, two detectives that are walking through the house after. Obviously, they find what's going on. And somewhere here, this is where they say she was taking care of Loomis, and Loomis died. I don't think it was that long ago. Okay. Um, then they talk about how they never found Michael's body. Mm-hmm. They enter a room in the house uh, that was Loomis's, that was his office, and we see that uh, he was still obsessed with Michael. So there's pictures all over the place. There's like those cop uh, strings, those string timeline things (laughs) all over the place. Mm -hmm. He's got news articles. There's articles about, um, Lori. Um, anyway, the, the officer, one walks out and then the other officer, uh, says Michael Myers. Yeah, right. Scene two, Loomis makes an appearance. We see pictures all around Loomis's office of, uh, Halloween H two O 20 years later pops up on the screen as we see all these pictures in his office. Uh, there's a voice over of Loomis talking about Michael. It's the same Loomis jargon from the other movies about meeting Michael at six. Uh, he had the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Um, so do you think this recap, again, this is kind of a reboot to the, to the Halloween franchise, but do you think this recap was for people like me who had never seen all the other Halloween movies? I'm assuming so. And I mean, since the other ones were 20 years ago, 
they might be assuming people haven't seen it. Older people may not have watched it since then. And they're old. They forget shit. Right. He spent eight years trying to reach him. He spent another seven trying to keep him locked up because what was behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. It was a nicely done recap. It wasn't terrible. I didn't hate it. Uh, we see newspaper clippings of Lori Strode that uh, states the survivor of Halloween Massacre dies in auto accident. The camera mm-hmm. pans into a sketch of Michael and zooms in on his black eye as the camera goes black. So let's talk about this a little bit. This movie takes into account Halloween 1 and Halloween 2. It does not take into account Halloween 4, 5, and 6. Right. I actually Googled that because I wanted to know. So there was a part that Kevin Williamson had written in where there was, uh, it did account for four, five, and six. And when we'll get to it later, but uh, you know that first classroom scene where we see Lori and she's teaching? Mm-hmm. I guess one of the students do a paper on Michael and they bring up the fact that uh, Jamie Lloyd had died. Uh, he had killed her or whatever. And I guess um, Lori Stroh gets sick in the like She pukes because, you know, Jamie Lloyd is supposed to be her daughter. Right. But they, they ended up cutting that out of the storyline completely. So that, that never happened. So they only take into account Halloween 1 and Halloween 2. Obviously, they had to take into account Halloween 2 because that's when you find out that they're brother and sister. I actually like that it picked up from Halloween 2. I agree. Yeah. Mostly because I don't remember 4, 5, and 6. <laughs> you were pretty drunk when we watched them. I think we've watched them twice and mm-hmm. I still don't remember them. Yeah, well, I agree. I like it that it that it picks up after um yeah. after two. Scene three, welcome back, Laurie Strode. The scene opens with uh, curtains blowing in a hallway as we're in a point of view shot of someone walking around the school. The date on the clock shows October thirty first. We see the closet scene from Halloween one, you know, where Michael beats the piss out of the closet. Mm-hmm. We see Laurie Strode written on a chalkboard and a knife is stabbed through a picture of a boy. The boy's picture is Josh Hartnett, which we know is um, John, her son. Lori wakes up screaming at the top of her lungs as her son John runs in the room to ask her if she needs something. We can see the large scar on her arm from Halloween when Michael stabbed her in the arm at the end of the movie there. John goes to the medicine cabinet to get his mom medicine, and we see that she has a plethora of prescription medications. Yeah, so I assume this happens often. Yes, I would say she's got a lot of demons she's battling. A lot of issues. Mm-hmm. So this scene, I think this scene sets everything up perfectly. It mm-hmm. sets up the fact she's got this son, John. It sets up the fact that she's clearly battling demons from what she uh, went through in Halloween 1. And, you know, the brief stint she was actually in Halloween 2. Right. Her non-speaking <laughs> role. <laughs> uh, so scene four, Summer Glen, California, October 31st. We see oh, yeah. that we're now in Summer Glen, Cali. Lori walks into the kitchen and hands John a birthday card from his dad. They argue about him going to Yosemite with the rest of the class. He tells her that today is the day. He's 17 years old, and her overprotection and paranoia are inhibiting his growth. See, now at this point, I wasn't sure if he knew what had happened to her or not. Mm. Well, he he explains that here in a sec, I think, because he talks about Michael, right? I don't think it's until... No, he does. He says uh, they give each other shit about his dad letting him go, but he's a chain-smoking, abusive meth addict. Yeah. And Josh, I'm sorry, John, he says, oh, who would attract someone like that? So taking a shot at his mom. I kind of like the dynamic between them thus far. Yeah. He tells her that he knows today is the day, Halloween, but they're through with all of that. Lori puts on her glasses and John walks away. I'm almost positive he said something about Michael there. I noted specifically that I wasn't sure if he knew. Because oh. he does mention it later when they're okay. in town. Okay, maybe that's what I was thinking of then. Yeah. 
Um, we see John and his friend Charlie, uh, as well as his, their other friend Sarah, walking around school, and he's telling them that he can't go to Yosemite. Sarah tells him that they have to get out of going because it's wretched. We see Lori looking out a window watching the kids. She's a teacher at the private school that John attends. She's actually the headmistress, correct? Yes. Why do they call them mistresses? I don't know if that's still a thing. It's a private school, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's maybe a thing with those or if it's like a catholic school thing mistress i don't know, I don't know. it just sounds really dirty headmistress mm. it's time for your spanking <laughs> get in here charlie it's time for your spanking Ooh. john and his friends approached his girlfriend molly she conveniently can't go to yosemite either i think my, her dad didn't pay her tuition yeah, my dad didn't pay my financial aid and i can't go god damn it charlie tells them they should have a halloween party just the four of them they can have an orgy yeah they're having a butt fucking party so what up to this point what do you think of Lori so far i don't know i mean like she's obviously super paranoid <laughs> that's my very first note very paranoid and it's crazy that she's probably been doing that every 20 every year for 20 years halloween i think so like crazy and i think he makes a good point of saying that hey i know today's yeah. halloween and i think doesn't she say oh i did i didn't notice yeah she's like yeah. oh i didn't realize it's like mm-hmm. you just had a dream about it <laughs> yes uh so she's completely different than laurie strode in halloween one and two right now oh, keep yeah. in mind she, jamie lee curtis has now been acting for 20 years as well right. so her acting skills are very very good right but she's got short hair she's very witty mm-hmm. doesn't take shit Mm-mm. just very different from the laurie strode we're used to seeing so definitely a um matured Lori Strode, even though she's basically hiding out in California. <laughs> well, if you go by what we said when we talked about Rob Zombie's Halloween, we're assuming that her parents got killed even in the old one. Yeah, I think that they, they kind of allude to that, but they never say it. So if we assume that, then she's basically, and all of her friends died. So she's basically been on her own. But they never bring that up in this movie. Did you notice that? They never, because no. she says, and he ki- he uh, when she's telling Will later about what happened, she never says that he killed her parents. True. So, That's true. I don't know. I still kind of feel like it makes sense that he did. Well, if we go with that, then she's been on her own all this time. So obviously she's a little bit more hardened and, yes, you know. Yes. And do you think John is Jimmy's kid from the second one? The ambulance guy? Hmm. I, was I don't thinking, know. Like, who would the dad be? I'm like, oh, I wonder who's that dude from number two. I don't think it ever says. Mm-mm. But um, he's 17, and this is 20 years later. So it'd been three years after that, probably that he got, or two mm. two years after that they would have conceived him. Maybe. I was just curious if there was any um fandom. Hmm. I don't know. I didn't even look that up. Who? We, we'll have to look it up at the end if we remember. Mm-hmm. All right, scene five, the bathroom scene. An old car stops at what appears to be a vacant rest stop as the woman helps her young daughter out of the car. We that, see. Th- sorry, but that is a really weird vehicle for these people to be driving. Yeah, it's, it looks like the Creeper mobile. Yeah, it does. It's old as fuck. What kind of car is that? I think it's an old Chevy Suburban, like the original ones. Oh, really? Yeah, but it's like really odd that this young mom and kid would be driving that. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was odd also. In the 90s, but yeah. We see that the car Michael was driving, which you said was Jimmy's car, is at mm-hmm. the rest stop with a busted tire. The girl's restroom is locked, so they have to go into the boy's restroom. Oh, boy. The mom calls mm-hmm. in, but no one answers. Again, the power is out. I have a question. Yeah. How come everywhere Michael goes, the power goes out? He must cut it. Is he an electrician? 
Maybe. Like what? He was in there for 15 years. I got to cut this power. Like what? At a rest stop. Really? (laughs) Like I get guys. I got to cut the power. Yeah. That's just his thing. Maybe that's his like calling card. Yeah. Dude, the phone line and then the, uh, and the power. What would he do now? There's no phone lines anywhere. Everybody has cell phones. Get a cell phone blocker. Ooh. Yeah. You go into Best Buy and ask for a cell phone jammer. Yeah. Think you'd have to write it down. Yeah. I don't think hold up a picture of it. Uh, <laughs> all right. The mom props the door open with a rock as they both go in different stalls. As they sit down, the door shuts. Uh, the outside door shuts. The mom sets her purse on the ground. Yuck. And hands Casey, her, her daughter, um, some tissues under the stall door. And we specifically see that the keys are in the purse. I don't know if you noticed that. I, I did not. Because I was like, why are we looking at the purse? Oh, mm, the keys are in it. Okay. The keys. The keys. We see someone walk up outside the stall door and grab the woman's purse off the ground. She looks through the gap in the stall door, and we can see that it's Michael. Mm-hmm. The mom slowly unlocks the doors. Her daughter starts to scream bloody murder. She runs to the other stall where Casey's screaming about some spiders. Spiders, mommy. The mom smiles in relief that her daughter is okay. And then we cut to Michael pulling off in the stolen car. Did you notice he like threw all their suitcases and stuff out on the grass? Yeah, what a dick, man. Well, I guess that was actually kind of yeah. nice of him to do. Yeah. You know, maybe they had a tracker in there. Uh, the girl's name was Casey. I found that um, a little ironic because uh, Casey Becker from Scream. And then later in this movie, we see that Molly and Sarah are watching Scream 2 in their dorm room. Mm-hmm. And it's Cece... Sarah Michelle Gellar's character in Scream 2, whose actual name is Casey in the movie. You think there's a connection? I don't know. I just found it, uh, you know, I try to, to to trace everything back to Scream, so. I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Scene six, buses leave for Yosemite, 415 sharp. Lori is addressing the school about Yosemite. She pleads that they have to hold up the standards of the school. No musical sleeping bags, no booze, no drugs. Seriously, guys. Charlie shows up. And tell Sarah, John, and Molly he forgot to turn in his history paper. Now he can't go to Yosemite. Damn. Swingers party. They're going to have that orgy, dude. Mm-hmm. Will Brennan, he's the guidance counselor. He um, He's walking back to Laura, uh, Lori's, or Carrie at this point in the movie, back to her office with her. He asks her why she's not going to Yosemite. Uh, Lori, or Carrie, whichever you want to call her. Um, they enter the office. They're approached by her secretary about the drains being clogged in the girls' locker room. See, I thought that was significant, so I noted it, but then it never really came up later. Do you know who that is? Mm-mm. That is Jamie Lee Curtis's mother. Oh, is it really? It is. Oh. Janet Lee from Psycho. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh, interesting, right? As Lori and Will enter the, her office and shut the door, they start kissing, and he tells her he needed a fix. Sounds like a wet makeout sesh. Oh, boy, it was gross, wasn't it? He tells her how great she is, and then she asks him if he can stop the carry analysis just today. They make lunch plans for 1 o'clock. As he leaves the office door, we see uh, the Janet Lee or the secretary are still looking at him. She knows what they were doing in there. Yeah. Dirty. And Lori's being a cock tease. Mm, she is, isn't she? Yeah. Big old cock tease. The scene cuts to secret- secretary <laughs> to security guard Ronnie, played by LL Cool J, talking on the phone, reading a, a, a kind of a graphic story oh about God, a seductive so woman. Funny. What did you like it? Yeah, especially the leading to two tumultuous round melon breasts, <laughs> and his wife's like, "What kind of melons? Cantaloupes? Watermelon?" <laughs> so funny. Uh, oh, dude, I have a note. <laughs> This is hilarious. <laughs> so uh, his wife is on the phone. She tells him that this whole writing career is unrealistic. Suddenly, what's he trying to write like romantic 
sex novels or I don't, something. Dude, I don't know what he's doing that for, but they're funny. hilarious. He should work on comedy novels. Yeah, that's funny. Suddenly, John and Charlie enter the security station and scare the shit out of him. John tells him he's got a date with Molly and he'll be back before afternoon class. So he wants him to let him out of the gate so he can go get a gift for Molly for their um, their dinner tonight. Ronnie tells him no. Eventually, John does talk him into it and they leave. Uh, as he leaves, he tells him to comb his hair. I thought that was funny because yeah. his hair in this movie is awful. Yeah, I don't even know how you describe it. Um, bad. He has like bangs, like in his eyes. Like I don't know. But then the back is kind of short. And it was like fluffy. trying to be like the Leo hair. Is that it, what it was? But it was like too much. I don't mm. know. Maybe he was going for the heart knit hair. Well, he was a hottie back then. <sighs> Scene seven downtown. The camera cuts to Lori pulling up to the restaurant in a small town. She sees kids costumes, kids in costumes as they're mm. trick or treating. Again, why are these kids trick-or-treating at 1 p.m.? I don't know. Same question from Halloween. I don't know. Actually, when I recorded with uh, Two Chicks and Horror Flick on Friday, this got brought up from how the first Halloween, and um, Felicia said that, you know the whole Apple thing we talked about? Mm-hmm. Did people really do that? I guess there were some scares of that stuff, so what they did is they lowered the trick-or-treating time to where it was light the whole time so people did actually oh. trick or treat earlier okay then i didn't know that i was like well that's very informative hmm. now we know now you know as she looks in a store window she sees michael approaching from behind as she turns around it's will and not michael the two are sitting in a booth at the restaurant now Lori looks disconnected as she tells him oh. that she thinks she's losing john we missed another we skipped over another reflection one. Ooh, go ahead it's when she was looking out the window at her at john and her the friends she sees the michael reflection behind her oh you're yeah, right that's yeah. the first time because she closes her eyes and like he goes away yeah so she's definitely seeing him she Important sees him everywhere to note he tells her that he's a counselor mm-hmm. and he's attracted to her bullshit because she tells him that john's getting sick of her bullshit mm-hmm. she asks him if he thinks that something so tragic can happen to someone that they can never recover from it she tells him that she or that she has a backstory that she hasn't been completely successful with she tells him that she's done 12 steps self-help, group therapy, shrinks, meditation, everything. He tells us that she hasn't tried everything and that he's a really good listener. He's trying to get in her pants. That's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. She tells him, eh, maybe, some night by a warm fire. Will gets up and leaves the table. Okay, so Will gets up and goes to the restroom, I'm assuming. But while this happens, these two kids run into the side of the window right where she's at, scaring her. Yep. And then, and then she calls the waiter over because she is drinking a glass of Chardonnay. Yep. And she asks him to bring her another glass. The waiter looks at her funny because her glass is still full. Oh, and she's like, today. He shouldn't have done that. <laughs> then she chugs the glass. Uh, and then as the waiter brings her the new one, she replaces it so that Will does not know that she is an alcoholic. So we know that Lori is traumatized from her childhood and all of Michael's terror that he's rained upon her from earlier, right? It's obvious she's not comfortable being out like in a public place. Right. She does outside not Outside like, of her, you know, locked in whatever. Right. So I think that's a great point to make is that she's in, at this private institution, but it's outside of town. Mm-hmm. It's completely gated. She's yep. changed her name. Mm-hmm. I agree. I don't think she likes to be outside of the confines of that gated community that she lives in no because even when she got out of the car you can tell she's real paranoid about how she like locked the door and like mm. yeah. um so yeah she's clearly unable to move on from any of this and i think that um that, that's coming up so we'll talk about it 
talk about that in a minute. The camera cuts to Charlie walking out of a store acting funny. John tells him that it's illegal to steal. Charlie tells John this could have been avoided if he just would have scored some of his mom's alcohol. John tells him that his mom is a functioning alcoholic and she accounts for every... Just then, John and Charlie walk into Lori on the sidewalk Mm -hmm. and she is fucking irate. Mm-hmm. She tells Charlie to go get in the car. As You're Charlie- not allowed to have little off-campus <laughs> lunches, John. <laughs> I thought that was funny. So as Charlie walks away, mm. she screams, what the fuck? He tells her that it makes him really uncomfortable when she says that word. Hmm. Then people, did you notice the like passerbyers are looking at him? Well, there's two girls that are like walking at them and like they yeah. notice them and they like go mm-hmm. across the street. So I, I thought that was uh, noticeable because I couldn't tell if it was like they were supposed to be uncomfortable by the situation or if like they were like just regular people walking through while they were shooting the scene and like. Oh, I don't know. What don't the fuck? Yeah, she like screams at him, dude. I was like, whoa. She made me laugh. Again, drastically different from yeah. the Lori Strode from the first two movies. Yeah, she never would have said that to Tommy. What the fuck, Tommy? I'm not carving this fucking pumpkin. No, that would have been Lori in Rob Zombie's Jack Halloween. Jack O'Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she asked him if he knows what day it is. Of all the days to pull this shit, she asked him to give him. <laughs> She asks him to give her one day. He screams that he's given her 17 years and he's not responsible for her. Michael Myers is dead. He's dead. They have to get beyond this. She told him herself that she watched him burn. It's been 20 fucking years. Don't you think that he would have shown up by now? Whoa. Deep. He tells her that if she wants to be handcuffed to her dead brother, that's fine, but she's not dragging him along with her. Damn. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right there on I'd the sidewalk. Would have smacked him in his fucking head. She should have. <laughs> been funny if she did. Just punched him. What the fuck? Yeah. So she sa- he says that she told him that she watched Michael Myers burn, which I think she says that's not entirely true. She made a, some kind of comment about the ashes or something. She said, I didn't stick around to see the ashes. Yeah, that's what it was. So my interpretation of this and everything we know thus far is that Michael obviously was on fire, walked down that mm-hmm. hallway, collapsed, but then his body disappeared or they're assuming he burnt up. I don't know. I'm guessing they're assuming he burnt up. Hmm thought this was funny as she gets back in the car she turns the car on and mr sandman comes on the radio she looks at the radio annoyed and shuts it off as they pull away we see parked across the street is the stolen car that michael was driving earlier (gasps) all right what do you think of this scene this whole scene the whole downtown scene as a whole i mean it sets up obviously a lot so we know her son knows now or has known Mm. and about her paranoia of leaving the confines of the gated college that's what I got the most or out of school. When the fact that she really is a fucking like alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Like that is how I knew I was not an alcoholic watching this. I was like, oh, I'm not that bad. You don't like lie to people while you're out at lunch and drink more than. No. <laughs> what do you tell me every time I, t- every time I say I'm an alcoholic, you tell me I'm not an alcoholic. What am I? You're a drunk. I'm a drunk. It's different. <laughs> Drunks can stop drinking. <laughs> we just choose not to. <laughs> We just don't want to. Yeah, but yeah, for me, that was a, you hit the nail on the head. It's, we could see that she's uncomfortable outside mm-hmm. of that gated community. Uh, I think this also really shows how like just disconnected she is from mm-hmm. not necessarily reality because we find out later, well, maybe from everybody else's reality because, you know, that's what's funny to me in these these this movie and then 2018 is that 
you find out that everybody thinks she's crazy, but really she's the one that's not crazy. Right. So that's what I really like about, especially that scene, is you kind of see how crazy everybody thinks she is. So 2018, just real quick, doesn't pick up after this one, right? No, it picks up after Halloween 1. Okay. That's kind of I I know we saw it, but I can't remember where it picked up from. The other thing I noted in this scene is that you can tell that Jamie Lee Curtis has become such a better actor than she was in the first two movies. Yeah. So just, just yeah. her overall presentation, her overall um, portrayal of Laurie in this is so much better, in my opinion. Yeah, I than, agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the last thing I have, so despite the conversation being dated, I actually enjoy the conversation interaction between John and Laurie in this moment. I think you can really see how her fears and mentality are impacting him but you can also see that he doesn't fully comprehend or understand what she actually went through. So while he knows what happened to her, he, I mean, how can you expect him to, right? But he, right. he cannot understand or comprehend why she is the way she is. It makes me wonder if he just thinks she's like a druggy alcoholic. <laughs> maybe, maybe he thinks she's making it up or wasn't as bad as. Oh, that could be. She says it is. I don't know. Hmm. Okay, scene eight. Poor Ronnie. They pull up to the gates mm-hmm. back at campus. John gets out to uh, have Ronnie open the gates. Behind them, we see Michael drive by um, as Ronnie does finally open the gates. Lori bitches at Ronnie for letting the kids out of the gates. As she pulls away, he says, psycho. <laughs> well, she's like, where were you? Do you think this is paying uh, further homage to psycho, Jamie Lee's mama? Maybe. We Possibly. see We see Molly doing dishes at the... Uh, Dishes as a dumbwaiter dings and starts to be lowered. Typical 90s music playing, by the mm-hmm. way. Did you catch that? Yeah, she's like, tell Janice not to send any more dishes <laughs> down. I have class. Uh, as she opens the dumbwaiter inside her flowers and a card looks like from John. The card is actually a hand-drawn map. She mm-hmm. follows the map through what looks like tunnels beneath the building. Why are there drippy fucking pipes? I don't know. Do you have that noted? Yes. Every movie we watch, they got some drippy ass pipes. We should Google that. Like, why do horror movies have dripping pipes? All these people are going to die from in- inhaling mold. I know. <laughs> like, why are they hanging out in the gross, drippy basement? Ah, dude, it drives me nuts. As she walks, John jumps out from behind a wall and scares Jump scare. her. Did it get you? Mm-hmm. How loud did you have this movie? Uh, not super loud because <laughs> it was this morning. Uh, were you hungover? No, I wasn't actually. Oh, wow. I'm impressed. But I did not sleep well. Hmm. You want to talk about it? No. So, okay. You know how like sometimes when you're falling asleep, like you think you hear a noise? Yes. But it's not, it didn't really happen. Yes. Well, I heard something and I was like, did I hear that? And I even went downstairs and looked. And you went and looked? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> but then I like, could not fall back asleep. It was like three in the morning. So this morning when I went in the kitchen, I have, you know, the clock I have that you wind up that ticks. Yes. It fell off the wall. That's what it was? Yeah. It hit the sink and fell on the floor. Why did it fall? The stupid command thing. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. But the time stopped at 3.07, I noticed this. Seriously? Yeah. You need to write that down. If it does it again tomorrow at 3.07, I didn't you... put it back up because <laughs> it broke. <laughs> mm. But yeah, so that was kind of creepy. Did it scare you? No, I was more like, did I really hear it? Like, you know. Were you up at 3 o'clock in the morning? It woke me up. Oh, it woke mm-hmm. you up. Okay. So you probably like, were you like, did you jump right out of bed? No, I was just like, huh? and Humphrey didn't do anything. So I'm like, oh. well, it must not have been anything. Mm. If it was Michael, he surely would bark. You would have been ready for him. <laughs> You'd have been like undressed on the bed like, hey, Mike. Let's see that big meat log. Leave <laughs> <laughs> it out. Do you think his smells like garlic? It's probably bad. Oh, Lord. Okay, anyway, <laughs> Mo- Molly, as she's... 
Like that's my before you kill me. Let me see it. Uh, shoot, dude. Let's beat me to death with it. So she's walking, following the map. John jumps out from behind a wall and scares her. As he turns on the lights, we see that he set up a romantic dinner for them. He tells her that he's never celebrated Halloween before. They have a psychotic serial killer in the family who loves to butcher people. He tells her that he needs to focus on what's right in front of him. And tonight, she gets his full concentration as they begin to kiss. Ooh. It's definitely a shagging party. There's a nasty couch. and like. Do kids talk like this? I don't know. I feel like this is the whole scream thing again where the, the whole dialogue is way too mature for kids. I didn't talk that way in 1998. Me neither. I'm like, yo, check out this couch, girl. We're going to yeah. bang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds more like you. The camera cuts to Molly and John in class as Lori slash Carrie is lecturing. John is making goofy faces at Molly as she looks out the window and sees Michael Myers looking through a wooden <gasps> door. What this this remind you of? Oh, I don't know. This whole scene is very similar mm-hmm. to the scene in Halloween 1, which mm-hmm. we'll see here in a minute. Lori calls on Molly, who's daydreaming, looking out the window, to answer the question. And just as Lori does in Halloween 1, Molly answers the question perfectly. Ironically, the question's about Victor confronting the monster in the book, Frankenstein. Frankenstein? It was his fate. He had to confront the monster. Mm-hmm. I think this is pretty good foreshadowing for the rest of the movie, don't you? Yeah. I agree because right after this, she gives she lets uh, John go on the trip. Oh, Lori, what were you doing? Mm-hmm. What were you doing? I wouldn't let him go. I'm a helicopter parent, though, Seth. I know. You're a helicopter friend. You're welcome. <laughs> As the bell rings, the kids leave. Lori calls for John and hands him a permission slip to go to Yosemite. Wait. Go Molly looks out the window and Michael's gone. Oh, you're right. She does. After she... Mm. Perfectly answers Lori's question about yep. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Michael's gone. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. I'm glad you're here, dude. I know. I'm here to pick up your detail missing slack. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so she hands John the permission slip. She says, call, call. And if you feel like you've called too much, call once more. As John turns to leave, we see that he is definitely not happy she gave him the approval to go. He wants to go to the shagging party. Oh, yeah. Also, as he walks away, we see Lori's face, and it looks like she's already questioning her decision. So I thought this was a good shot because the shot is from um, the front side. So John turns around, and you can see John's face and Lori's face at the same time, and they're both like, fuck. Yep. John walks down the hall with Molly, and basically he tells her he's not going to Yosemite. No way. Not going to Yosemite. The camera cuts to the buses leaving for Yosemite as Lori watches out her window. As the buses pull off and leave, she runs out of the office just as the buses pull away. What the fuck kind of buses are these? They're like run-down short buses. <laughs> like, did you notice that? Yes, they're definitely short buses. Like, won't a private school have like a standard bus? I don't know, because I don't... Okay, here's my thing. It's obviously a small school, Yeah, but... I mean... Will at one point, Will the um, guidance counselor makes a comment that, oh hey, I have to, I'm not going because I have to hang out and watch the three or four misfits that don't get to go. Right. So we're led to believe that everybody but the three or four kids mm-hmm. went um on to Yosemite. Exactly. Okay. Earlier in the movie, there at that town hall like little meeting mm-hmm. thing where she's like pleading with them, you know, don't have orgies, do drugs, and drink booze. Right. Looks like there's a lot of kids there. Yep. No way all those kids were on those buses. No, that's why the buses to me, I was like, what the fuck are these? Agreed. (laughs) Agreed. And if, you know, if I were sending, if I had enough money to send my kids to a private institution, 
I would hope they would have a little safer, nicer. Yeah, they better have a standard size regular school bus. Not to mention, if they had two regular school buses, they would not have needed six of those little school exactly. buses. So they're this. You know what? I just thought it was odd. Maybe it was a budget thing. It could have been. Could have been. I I I said the same thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So she runs out. Do you think she's running out to stop John from going? Like, cause she's like, "Fuck! I should not have let him go." Yes, I agree. Yes. I agree. As she turns, or I'm sorry, yeah, as she turns, she runs into her secretary again. Jump scare. The secretary mimics Bracket from the mm-hmm. first movie and tells her, it is Halloween. I guess everyone's yep. entitled to one good scare. Again, this is actually uh, Janet Lee, which is Jamie Lee Curtis's mother. The secretary tells her, if I could be maternal for a moment, I don't like the way you're acting. I've seen you like this before, and we've all had bad things happen to us. The trick is to concentrate on today. On today. Just take care of yourself. They both walk away, and we see Janet Lee, the secretary, walk to her car, which is actually the exact same car she drove in the movie Psycho. Did you notice that? Well, I was made a note. It's like, why is she driving a like 1950s Ford or whatever it is? It's the car from Psycho. Uh, okay. I need to watch that again. I don't know. I get it. I think it's cool. I like the history in the scene. Mm-hmm. The other thing I really love about this movie is it's not long. It wasn't even, it was like 125. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So it does all of this. Um, I'm going to use your favorite word. It pays all this homage. Homage. And it's not that long. Mm-mm. The camera cuts to the buses leaving through the gates of the campus and on their way to Yosemite driving down a windy road. As the final bus passes, we see lights turn on and Michael drives toward the campus. Mm-hmm. Shit. Mm-hmm. Back at campus, Ronnie is back on the phone discussing another one of his books with his wife on the phone. She's a little more into this one, I thought. Yeah, it wasn't as funny as the cantaloupe thing, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. melons. It's hard not to you know, get into some melons. We see Michael pull up outside of the guard shack. Ronnie goes out to check to see um, who's there. Michael walks behind Ronnie as he looks in the empty truck. Michael's now on the campus. Shit. Ronnie's a terrible security guard, dude. Yeah, he is. Like, terrible. Yep. As Ronnie walks back into the guard shack, we can see Michael looking in the window behind him. Ronnie hears the glass. Somebody, I think Michael tapped on the glass for whatever reason. As he turns around, the phone line gets cut. Ronnie walks out of the guard shack to check on the noise, and as he does, the camera cuts away. Can we talk about this mask? Yeah, go ahead. I don't like this mask. You hate the mask? Yeah. What do you not like it's about the too, mask? It's too, like, new-looking, shiny. It's very, very white. It's very white. It's very white. And it's, like, smooth. It's not, like, as wrinkled and... I don't know. It just lo- It's not as scary to me. Okay, so... <clears throat> um, this was... Saved for getting lit and talking shit, but we oh, can do we it can now. talk about it later. You want to wait? We can. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good point, though. I, I like that you brought that up. I didn't say it was on the. No, you're good. Agenda. You're all right. Scene nine. Carrie Tate, Laurie Strode going away. And do you want to die tonight, Cece? The next scene opens with Laurie turning off the lights in her um, office. Mm-hmm. I actually thought this was her apartment for some reason. I don't know why, but it is her office. Dumbass. On my viewing 1.5, I, I noticed that. Yeah. So she she walks outside. It's dark out. The scene is very eerie. She hears kids laughing in the building behind her as a light turns on, but she keeps walking. As she turns a corner, she sees Michael walking down a dark lit alley toward her. She closes her eyes three separate times. The first two, she still continues to see him coming mm. at her. The third, it's Will who startles her again. Jump scare. Jump scare. I have a question for you. Yeah. This is now the second time that Will has been Michael, who she's seen coming at her. That's true. We know this movie came right off the heels of Scream and Scream 2. Right. 
and with the little facts I have later, but do you think that they're trying to um, make us, the audience, think maybe... That he's Michael? That somebody else, this, this isn't really Michael? I guess I didn't get that. Hmm. Okay. Maybe because I've seen it, but... That makes sense. I do have a question about the scene before. So when she's leaving her office, uh-huh. we kind of have that... She hears a noise, I don't know if you notice, as she's leaving. And she looks back, and you kind of have that first-person view. Mm. And I thought I heard breathing, so I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be him looking at her. Well, that could have been. I didn't catch that, but it could have been. Yeah, I just said it with a question mark, because I figured you would know. Sorry but I let you down there. Maybe not. I It could very well could have been, but I also think that when he was walking at her, I think that really was him walking at her. Oh. You think he'd, like, Brett or whatever his name is, Warren, just came from... Yeah, Will came from the... Uh, came, like, and cut him off, kind of. Hmm. I do think that was him, and you'll see why here in a second. But he says that Will tells her he's making his rounds, checking on the kids, but would love to spend the evening with her. He says give him 20 minutes. So as Will's walking away, that's when he sees someone walk behind hmm. a wall out of sight, which is Michael. Right, because he so, says hello. Yes, so that's why I think that probably really was Michael walking at her. Oh, okay. Uh, the camera cuts to Sarah smoking a cigarette in her room and watching Scream 2 on TV. Mm. Someone starts banging on the door, and Molly tells them to come on in. It's Will checking on the girls. He asks what they'll be doing tonight, and Sarah makes a smart-ass comment about hitting the town. And It's like a date rape drug joke. Yeah, which I thought was kind of weird. but Definitely not going to get that in 2020. No. When asked if he'd like to join them, he fires back that he can't because he'll be getting his nipples pierced. A <laughs> <laughs> little odd, but okay. Yeah. Maybe that's how uh, students and teachers bantered back and forth in the 90s. I'm not really sure. Getting my nips pierced. Would you joke with one of your teachers in high school about that, Seth? I don't think so. No? No. Would you? Oh, yeah, you probably would. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's why I probably got in trouble so much. That's all right. Yeah. The camera cuts to the four kids, John, Molly, Sarah, and Charlie, going to their dinner that John had set up for them earlier in the movie. They're mm-hmm. sneaking through like the a window in like a building. <clears throat> yeah, it's a window. Um, as John goes through the window, he hears something rustling behind him, and it was enough for him to like, stop and turn mm-hmm. around, right? So he looks yeah. a little startled. Um, from here, we cut to Lori drinking in her apartment and then rinsing her mouth out with scope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie is clearly trying to portray all of Lori's demons, mm-hmm. right? With the pills at the beginning, the whole cabinet full of pills, the booze at yeah. lunch, the booze now. And also the fact that I think what you, you kind of hit on this earlier is that she is an alcoholic because she's lying about it and trying to cover it up. Oh yeah. Cause me right, good. Right after she does the scope, she's like, fuck it. So I don't know if she's just like going to bang Mr. Brennan Oh, maybe this is their first bang. Well, obviously she had a kid, so. Well, I mean their first bang, <laughs> not her first bang. Um, yeah, but she's like clearly trying to hide it, but it's oh, also yeah. like nighttime. So like I feel like I wouldn't care if like somebody came over. Us, obviously I haven't dated for many, many years, but if I were having someone over for dinner or something, like it's 630 at night, I don't give a fuck if I have alcohol in my breath. No, and she drinks way less than either of us would. Maybe we don't know, because she, she might just be walking out with airplane bottles of booze in her purse. I true, don't know. true, true, true. Yeah. She only has a little glass of vodka she pulls out, out of the freezer. And That's in the freezer, too. That's how mm. you know you have a problem. If you have, yeah. if you have to chill your booze, you are not a true drinker. Right. If you can't even wait for the ice. <laughs> uh, there's a knock on the door. Will walks in with a pumpkin says, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. 
We cut back to the dinner party while Sarah and Charlie carry in food as Molly and John are dancing to some R&B music. Looked like good food, too. It was like tater tots and chicken nuggets. Well, doesn't he make a joke that they uh, cooked the next two weeks' lunches or something? Yeah. So let's talk about the room. It's very dim lit. There's about 5,000 candles burning. <laughs> These scenes in movies crack me up, dude. Do you think people... Have you ever been to a party where they have that many fucking candles? No. Right with a freaking house would have burned down i don't have time for that no. not to mention i'd be paranoid the whole time that my drunk ass is gonna stumble into them and knock them all over and like what high school kids gonna go out and buy like a bunch of candles that's the other <laughs> thing where'd these candles come from They're not like that cheap <laughs> oh, man little little unrealistic it would have been more realistic if they had hung like christmas lights yeah yes yes thank mm. you thank you for agreeing i like it when we agree honestly it's pretty cool though for a high school dinner let's be honest true John was going big for Molly. Oh, yeah. He wanted some of that poo-tang. Poon-tang pie. It's a poon-tang party. (laughs) (laughs) This whole scene is very 90s. That's super 90s. Super 90s. Outfits, Mm -hmm. the music, the scenery. Okay. Charlie forgot something and has to go back to the kitchen. I think it was wine, wasn't it? He forgot his wine. Or the corkscrew or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he goes back to the kitchen. The other three start, uh, I don't think they started eating, but they sat down to eat. We Mm. cut back to Lori and Will on the couch kissing. Lori tells Will that her name is not Carrie. I'm not who you think I am. Her name is Lori Strode. He laughs. She tells him that she changed her name when she went into hiding. As Will kisses her breasts... You like how I'm doing mm, melon breasts? breasts? Do you melon. think Jamie Lee Curtis has melon breasts? <clears throat> Probably not. No. She's a pretty slender, tall woman. Mm. If it were going to be a melon, which melon would you think her breasts would, would be? Probably not a watermelon. No. Are there any smaller melons? Cantaloupe? Those are pretty big. Cantaloupe's big? Uh, musk melon? Is that a big melon? I don't know. <laughs> what is a musk melon? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a thing. I think I'm going to look that up. Let's just go with muskmelon. Okay. Or is it a mushmelon? Musk. Musk. He kissed her breasts. Mm. She tells him that her brother killed her sister when uh, she was 17. He asks how he did that, and she tells him <laughs> that he did it with a really sharp kitchen knife. So I feel like he thinks that she's like just trying to joke around like foreplay type. Yes. Because at this point, he's not taking it seriously. No, not at all. Because he tells her that's terrible. Now take off your clothes. <laughs> he has to take off your blouse. <laughs> what he oh, is says. that what he says? Yeah. So she gets real serious. She tells yeah. him that they locked him up for a long time, but they, uh, but she got away. It happened on Halloween. She says uh, Halloween, or no, they say Halloween at the exact same time. So they both say it happened on mm-hmm. Halloween. He tells her that everyone's heard this story. Michael Myers. What happened to the sister? She died, didn't she? She tells him that she faked her death and is now the head mistress, again mistress, mm-hmm. at a very posh private school in Northern California, hoping and praying every year that her brother won't find her. Will finally gets serious about the situation and asks if, are you telling the truth? She gets up to make a drink and he looks shocked. Yeah, she's like, you want a drink now? So I'm wondering if maybe he doesn't drink. Maybe, or maybe normal people don't as much as we do, so... Well, I mean, they, so <laughs> she's drinking, if you notice, she's drinking at lunch and he like kind of keeps looking at the glass. True. And then she's trying to hide the alcohol in her breath before he gets there. So I'm, mm. And then she says, are you ready for a drink now? So maybe he's just not a drinker. Maybe. You know. What the hell is she hanging out with him for? She doesn't have a lot of options, Seth. This is like a, uh, maybe Ronnie. Ronnie might be a better option. I'd pick Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, LL was hot for a good 
period of time. He might still be now. I don't know. I haven't seen him in years. But maybe he, she could help him because she's clearly a, an English teacher. Maybe she could help him with his books. With his melon books? Maybe. Oh, boy. He asked if she's been living with this for 20 years. You don't think that after all this time he'd still come back for you, do you? She tells him that, she, that he sat in a sanitarium for 15 years waiting for her, and then one rainy night he just decided to go trick-or-treating. Will asks how she, uh, how old she was, and she says she was 17. Just as she says 17, she looks up at the birthday card on the mantle and realizes she made a huge mistake letting John go to Yosemite because John is now 17 as well. Fuck. She asks Will if, if he thinks they made it to Yosemite. She picks up the phone and calls. Uh, she goes to call, but the line is dead. Oh, Lori. She runs to John's room and opens the closet door to find that he never took any of his shit. So he really didn't go to Yosemite. She's not right. aware of this. She grabs a handgun, which is under her pillow. Did you yep. notice that? So, yep, it was right under her pillow. And heads to the door. As she opens the door, Ronnie is there and scares the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. Did it scare you? Yep. Knew it. She almost shot him. That's true. So I think she was like, shit. <laughs> she said something. <laughs> shit or fuck. Yeah. I don't know. It was funny. That's funny. He tells her that the, the phones are down and that there's a weird car at the gate. They decide to split up to look for the kids. She's going to go look for the kids. I don't know what he's supposed to be doing. I didn't catch. I just said they agreed to meet back up at the gate. Okay. We cut yeah. back to Sarah in the kitchen looking for Charlie. As she enters the kitchen area, we see him sneak up with a wine glass from behind her, startling her. Mm-hmm. He tells her that he found the glasses, but no corkscrew. He gets in the dumb waiter and sends it up. So he can find the corkscrew. Breaking one of Randy's rules, he says, I'll be right back. He should know better. Fucking people just listen to Randy. Mm-hmm. As he's looking for the corkscrew uh, upstairs, he knocks it off the counter into the garbage disposal. As he looks down the hole and starts to stick his hand in, we see Michael behind him. We get a great shot of his hand in the disposal, picking up the corkscrew as the score ramps up. Mm -hmm. So the music's getting louder. It's getting eerier. And this whole time, I'm like cringing. Like, ugh. Yeah, they got to turn it on. Because he turns it on himself, like to check it. He turns it on to check it. And then he's also, while he's got his hand in the... um, in the um, disposal. disposal, yes, thank you. He's like looking over at the light switch. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, dude, it's, uh, makes me cringe just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he does eventually get it out and he turns around to go back to the dumbwaiter, walking directly into Michael. The camera cuts to Sarah, who's still downstairs. But did you notice he goes, hi? <laughs> Is that what he said? Yeah, not Michael, but uh, what's his face? Charlie. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, he goes, hi. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he says? Yeah. That's hilarious. This is where I noted I didn't like the mask. But, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he turns into him. We see Sarah downstairs waiting on Charlie, but then we see somebody walk by the door outside. Which like I a thought shadow. Was, yeah, I thought by. that was odd. But again, I don't know what the timing was between these two instances, but um, she hears the dumbwaiter come down, and as she opens the door, we f- she finds Charlie dead in a dumbwaiter with his throat slit. Well, she was trying to get out, and all the doors were locked, so the dumbwaiter was the only option. Mm. Okay, see, I thought she heard it come down, so she's getting in there to get away from Yeah, because she tried the door that the thing went by was locked. She tried another door, and it was locked. Okay. And she went to the dumbwaiter. So she turns, and as she does, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, she hears she she gets in the dumbwaiter with Charlie mm-hmm. eventually because she turns around, and she sees Michael behind her, yep. so that causes her to get in it. Could you imagine being in this dumbwaiter with your dead boyfriend? <laughs> no, with his throat cut? No. Uh-huh. I think she takes it extremely well. 
Yeah, actually, she's a little spastic, but not not terrible. So she's trying to get the door shut as Michael ca- catches up with her. He stabs her in the leg under mm. the door just as it shuts. The dumbwaiter starts going up. It gets to the top floor. She's getting out. So you have to explain this to me. She's getting out of the dumbwaiter. What does her leg get caught on? So he, oh, it's trapped under his leg. Her leg is under <clears throat> Charlie's leg. Yeah. Okay, because mm-hmm. then we see Michael down below cut the rope for the dumbwaiter with the knife, mm-hmm. and the dumbwaiter falls, smashing her leg. But I could not <sighs> could not see what her leg was stuck on. So it was stuck under Charlie's leg. It was leg. under his leg, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we see her leg at this point. It's like ripped ripped up, and there's bone sticking out yeah, of it. Yeah, like basically almost chopped it off. Oh, it's but terrible. Not it's still dangling on by skin or something. But she does get out of the... She gets her leg out of the dumbwaiter, and the dumbwaiter falls down, which I thought was kind of funny because yeah. it falls down, and you see Michael look at it. Yeah, with his head turned. Yes, a lot of head turning in this movie. Yes. So she crawls uh, on the floor, making it to the door of the kitchen. As she does, Michael walks in the room and stands over her and stabs her multiple times with a knife. Where he, like, steps on her head. And then he's, like, straight yeah. up and down knife stabs. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, my God. I thought these kills were great, yeah. honestly. Yeah, actually. Okay. The camera cuts back to John and Molly, who uh, shut off Creed. Did you notice Creed was playing? Yes. <laughs> they shut off the radio, turning off Creed. Damn it. They go looking for them, and the bl- there's blood all over the kitchen floor. John says, oh, this is a sick joke. They continue looking for them, and they turn on the pantry light, and they find Sarah, who's hung up by the cord of the light, and it's just, like, bloody, and it's awesome. They flip the light on, and it's, like, all bright, mm-hmm. but, the, again, the light is around, wrapped around her. I thought this was pretty cool. Yeah, because they, like, followed the trail of blood to that pantry. Yes. That's where she was, yeah. Uh, as they turn around, they run. Uh, as they turn around to run, they see Michael at the end of the kitchen. He looks at them and turns his head in typical Michael fashion, yeah. of course. John and Molly run down the hall um, that they came out of, and they go out that window that they went in. So do you think John knows who it is? Because Molly says, who is that? And he says, let's get out of here. So do you think he knows? I don't know if he knows who it is. Um, I would think not. But based on what they just saw, it's probably why they're so scared. But I don't think he knows that's Michael yet. But maybe. I just would assume he would have seen news articles or something at some point. And that's true. Maybe he does know who it is. I don't Um, know. I was just wondering. As they run through the campus, Molly stops and asks, what the fuck are we going to do? I have a note. Why are you stopping? I know. Just keep going. Just run. Just then, Michael grabs Molly and is about to stab her as John punches him in the face three times, but Michael doesn't budge whatsoever. Mm-hmm. He lets go of Molly and shoves John to the ground. He then stabs him in the leg. Mm-hmm. As he's about to stab him again, um, Molly grabs a rock and hits him in the face with it, like a big-ass rock. Yeah, she clocks him right on the head. Fucks him up. Uh, mm-hmm. um, so they're able to get away. So discuss. To me, this scene has a humongous scream vibe. It's, I think, it's the first time we actually see people fighting back against Michael. True. Yeah, actually, it is. In again, only taking into consideration Halloween one and Halloween two, because right. I don't remember the that happening in four, five, and six. But just taking into consideration the first two movies, again, heavily influenced by Scream, I think. Because it's very similar to the fight scenes you see with Ghostface, where they actually fight back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tatum, where she's throwing beer bottles and hitting him. Yeah. Nev Campbell, Sidney Prescott's always fighting back against mm-hmm. Ghostface. Um, but it also shows they didn't alter from how tough Michael is, because Josh Hartnett punches him point blank in yeah. the face three times, and he doesn't even move. Right. So again, I think they did a great job of. Um, Mixing all that in, but not diminishing what Michael is. 
No, it was a good like series of kill slash chase slash fighting. Right. It doesn't yeah. make your victims look like idiots. It's, it's not. That's something that would realistically happen. It's not because what drives me crazy is when you watch the, for instance, in Halloween one, the keys thing, or yeah. like when you can't relate to that person because you're like, just hit him in the head. Yeah. And yeah. I feel, feel like they do what you would do in that situation. And it didn't help because he's so strong. Right. It showcases that more. Yeah. yeah. This is also the first time we get a, a up close pick a uh, view of Michael as a whole, not just mm-hmm. his mask. And he's not that big. No, definitely not after watching the Rob Zombie ones. He's right. Like not a big, what's well, a whole other animal. Right. But he's not, he's like, I think him and Josh Hartnett are the same height. Yeah, and Josh Hartnett's not very tall. He's a humongous man, Josh Hartnett. I don't think he is. <laughs> but to me, I think it did a good job of portraying him as just a normal size, average human. Mm-hmm. Um, again, to me, not that scary. No. Okay. The kids continue running as we see Michael following after them. Another note, I don't have this written down, but he actually walks a lot faster in this than I remember him walking in the first it's two. It's like a brisk pace. It's, uh, it's how you would expect somebody to walk. It's yeah. actually more, uh, it, it reminds me, it's a similar walk to um, uh, fuck, Ben Willis and, and uh, I know he did last summer. Yes. I think he walks fast. The brisker pace. Yes. Yeah. So the kids continue to run. We see Michael follow them. They get to a gate and of course, <laughs> Molly's fumbling with the keys. Did you hear her say the keys? Yes. I was like, oh, Seth's going <laughs> to love like, this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it in all caps. The keys. Oh my gosh. So Michael continues to follow them. Uh, she can't figure out which key opens the gate. Why does she have a key to this gate in the first place? Well, she's the one that works in the kitchen. Oh, right? uh, yep. You're right. That makes Why sense. Why she has 85 keys? I don't know. I thought maybe she doubled as a maintenance person. I know her dad had a hard time paying the uh, tuition, so I thought maybe she yeah. was working off her salary as a maintenance lady. Well, there was that scene where she's washing the dishes, so I'm assuming she's... A kitchen staff person. Gotcha. But why doesn't she have two keys? One for her ah, room. And why dear. is there 80 keys? There's a lot of keys. <laughs> the keys. Hmm. <sighs> Molly does eventually get the right key. They get to the gate. But of course, when she locks the gate, she drops the fucking keys on the other side of the gate. She doesn't just drop them. They're like five feet away from her. Like, why did she throw them out of the gate? <laughs> I, dude, I don't know. But at this point, they're trapped between the gate and the door. Yeah. Which, again, well, I okay, whatever. I'm not going to nitpick. So Michael finally gets to them and he's like reaching his arm through the gate and trying to slash them with Mm. his knife. He can't reach him. I think his knife was like right in front of Josh. It was really close. Right in front of John's face. Um, Eventually Michael realizes, Hey, the keys are right here. So he bends down to pick the keys up as he does. um, They turn around, start banging on the door. Lori eventually opens the door behind them. John and Molly get through the door just as Michael gets the keys and opens the gate. Lori slams the door. And as she slams the door, we see Michael through the glass looking at her. And for the first time in 20 Mm -hmm. years, Lori and Michael are face to face. Hmm. I thought that was pretty cool though. This annoyed the shit out of me. Lori looks down to get her gun out of her pants, and when she looks up, Michael's gone. That annoyed the shit out of you, the gun part? Yes, it's right in your waist. Why do you have to look down to find it? It's well, like, like, come on, Lori. Come on, Lori. Lore. Okay, so I really like this scene. There's a lot to break down here, but I like when they actually see each other face-to-face. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm kind of with you on the mask. I'm not a big fan of the mask, but again, we kind of talked about most of it earlier, but I really like that chase scene. And again, I think that everything up to this point has been pretty realistic. Nothing that I was like screaming at the TV, like, what are you doing? Yeah. So I think they did a great job, honestly. That was a good 
heart pumping, whatever you want to call Ooh, it. A heart pounding, pounding moment. moment. You're a big fan of pounding moments, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> With my meat log. We need the meat log here. That's what oh, we're really no. missing. We should have uh, cut it open and had some cheese and garlic sausage. Maybe it's good. We'll have to try it at some yeah, point. Maybe. It's probably expired at this point. Man. Scene 10, inside the school, Will asks who that was, and Lori tells him it was her brother. John and Molly uh, are locked in a closet to hide as Will asks her what they should do. She tells him, try to live. Did you notice the blowing curtains like the first movie? Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the blowing curtains. The billowing and, curtains. And same as her dream from the beginning. Yeah, mm. it's that same like hallway. Son of a bitch. Mm. Will and Lori walk down a hallway. Is it, it's, it's a pretty fucking long hallway, honestly. It is. The ceilings are really tall. The windows are open. The curtains are blowing. Someone comes up the steps in front of them. Will grabs the gun from Lori and shoots at the person a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> they walk up and find that that person was actually Ronnie, the security guard. Fuck. Not Michael. God damn it, man. Just then, Michael walks out from behind a wall and stabs Will through the back, raising him up off the ground with one arm as Will bleeds from his mouth and his shoes start shaking. He's like having some kind of spasm. Yes. So it's, again, another great kill. It's it's extremely similar to the Bob kill scene in mm-hmm. Halloween 1 and then again the nurse kill scene in Halloween 2. I think more similar to the nurse scene because yes. th- she shakes, right? Yes. Remember her shoes fall off and her hat. Yeah. So, again, it's, again, going back to that movie and... Michael falling back into his tendencies. But I like it. I still don't know that you could hold somebody up with a butcher knife like that. Maybe if your arm was all the way through, I guess. Dude, I don't know. Lori runs back down the hall and looks... uh, This is brilliant. So Mm. Lori runs back down the hall. She looks in the closet where John and Molly should be. She leaves a bloody handprint and she says, Oh, fuck. Mm -hmm. As the kids are not inside. Next, we see Michael walk by that same door, notices the bloody handprints. The door's locked as he starts to stab through it with a knife, just crushing this door, by the way. Mm -hmm. Lori jumps out from behind him and hits him in the head with a fire extinguisher, knocking him down. She runs down the hallway and lets the kids out of the closet where they actually were. See, I interpreted this differently. So I originally thought that that was a room that um, John and Molly were in. But after watching it, I don't think it was. I think they were in the original room they were in. And I thought it was making fun of the closet scene when she opened it and it was a closet and it said closet on the door and she goes, Oh fuck. I thought it was supposed to be a reference to that. That's how I took it. That's funny. I didn't even think about that. I took it as uh, very similar to the closet scene in Halloween. She was tricking Michael Mm -hmm. into thinking that she was in there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think she also set the trap for him. Yeah. I thought it was brilliant, but no, I didn't catch the, that is funny though. Yeah, that's how, that's what I thought. Oh, I it was supposed to be making fun of. Gotcha. She's like, oh fuck, like it's a closet. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I took it. No, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Dude, that's yeah, this scene is brilliant. So she clearly knew they weren't in there. I think mm-hmm. that the bloody handprint was done on purpose, and her screaming, oh fuck, was done on purpose. Yeah. And then uh, she was obviously obviously able to open the closet door, but then she locked it and shut it again. So mm-hmm. no, I really liked it. She was setting up a booby trap. Booby trap um the other thing that i think this really sheds a light on is michael's not that smart Mm -mm. like he is but he isn't like he's kind of clever but he's like he's more brute force just yes yeah 
so the three start running um, down the halls. We see Michael sit straight up again, Undertaker style. Mm-hmm. They make it outside of Lori's SUV. It's a GMC Jimmy, Seth. I'm surprised if, you knew what that was. I read it on the thing. I oh. didn't really know. Lori puts the kids in the car and tries to start the car. Of course, it stalls as Michael approaches the door. It finally starts and they take off. Or she didn't have any issues starting her car earlier in the movie. I don't no, know. No, so I, at first I'm like, God, did he like do something to it? And I'm like, Oh, that's true. Because Halloween two, he does fuck up all the cars. That's true. I didn't even think about that. I was just annoyed. I was like, Why? Come on. Especially since it was a new vehicle Ooh. at the time. Like it, this should not have been an issue. It's a beautiful Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lori gets to the gates, opens the gates to uh, leave the campus, and. She tells the kids to go, drive down the street to the Beckers, calls for a, call for an ambulance and notify the police. I'll be right behind you. Now go. Okay. Again, you're probably getting sick of this, but Beckers, Casey Becker, mm-hmm. uh, scream. I still think it's a call to scream, Seth. I don't know why. It might be. But another note here is, is um, I didn't hate the score in the movie. I didn't notice it was overly great. There was a few times where I thought it was okay, but this at this point in the movie, this score is terrible. Well, and I made a note somewhere. Like I, I was surprised we hadn't heard the Halloween score yet. Like um, we haven't heard it at all, or was know. it just at the beginning? No, because it was Mr. Sandman in the beginning. Oh yeah, you're right. Somewhere I know where we actually hear it, but I was like, I can, and I was like, well, is the copyright thing? Like, why haven't we heard it yet? I don't know, but this section, it sounds like an action-adventure movie. It does. Like, yeah. I was waiting on Steven Seagal to, like, walk out of the <laughs> fucking shadows and be like... <laughs> With his ponytail. I'm here. I'm here. I'll fight Michael. I'm here to help. I'm here. Just put you... Straight, straight, open-hand punch. Take the children and go. <laughs> take the children. <laughs> <laughs> Lori picks up a rock and busts the gate keypad as the house theme music begins to play oh yeah this is where i actually noted halloween score plays there it is she busts out a glass door to reveal an axe so this is one of my favorite scenes not just in this movie but in general it might be in my top 10 favorite horror movie scenes so we get an amazing shot of laurie carrying the i say laurie yeah laurie yeah carrying the axe and walking through a dimlit street screaming michael like complete 180 from where mm-hmm. she was at at the beginning of the, the well if you complete 180 from the beginning of where she was at at the whole series but at yeah. the beginning of even just this movie I don't know she's I, like where is this motherfucker I'm ready to end this shit Lori walks back into the school and is in the um is in the hallway where Ronnie was shot as she walks through the dark hallway the curtains are blowing and we see behind mm-hmm. her that Michael lowers himself down from a pipe that was cool it is cool. I remember when I first watched it, I loved that scene because I was like, holy shit. But this time watching it, I was like, how did she not see him hanging there? That's true. Logistically, it's probably not possible. And how did he get up there? I don't know. He's Michael. Yeah, I know. But I, again, when I first saw it, I loved that scene because I, I thought it was scary. But it's, this, this time watching it, I'm like, okay. Yeah, logistically, it's probably what, not. What, did he like Michael Jordan jump up there? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, she turns and stabs him with the axe. <laughs> He's completely unfazed, and he cuts her with the knife. She falls into the, onto the ground, looks shocked as she turns around to run out of the room. Michael pulls. Did you the, notice where he cut her with the knife? Was it the same arm? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. It was that same kind of like half stab? Like ripped I, her shirt. I want to stab yeah. you, but I don't want to stab you. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> same arm, same thing. So Michael pulls the axe out of his shoulder and thrusts it into the ground, 
continuing to go after Lori. I loved that, dude. Where he just like yanks it out and stabs it into the ground. He's upset. So he enters what looks like the cafeteria area of the school looking for Lori. We see that she's under the tables as Michael walks into the room. So he walks by her. She continues like very fucking loudly, by the way. <laughs> That's why I said like he didn't hear her roll to the next table. Like did she think she was back in that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? Like <laughs> what's she doing? Because it's like dead quiet. And then she's like. <laughs> and he walks by her like she, he's gone. What are you doing? Why are you yeah. rolling like a crazy person? So anyway, the camera shows Lori under one of the tables as the camera pans out. We actually see that Michael standing on top of the table. Another logistic issue. Did she not see his feet walk up onto the table or hear it? I mean, maybe it was when she was doing one of her spin moves. <laughs> Lori crawls under the table as Michael starts. She crawls out from under the table as Michael starts to flip over like tables chasing her. She ends up getting out of the room. Um, she grabs a flagpole at the end of the room there. And she stabs mm-hmm. him in the stomach with it, breaking it off. Do you, do you think it went into him or did it just knock him down? That might have stabbed him a little. So Lori gets into the kitchen and pulls but, out a drawer. I thought it was funny how she like threw the, you know, the stick broke and she just like mm-hmm. threw it at him. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, what? what is going on here? <laughs> so anyway, Lori gets into the kitchen. She pulls out a drawer of knives. As Michael approaches her, she throws the knives at him, missing him every time. I didn't like this part. It seemed a little too like cheesy, mm-hmm. kind of comical, like her just throwing these knives. Well, then the one sticks in the wall. Yeah. Um. Anyway, he gets right up to her. He pulls his knife up to stab her, and as he brings it down, she grabs the drawer, and he stabs the drawer, impaling with the knife rather than her face. Mm-hmm. She rolls away from him and flings the knife drawer, uh, as he flings the knife drawer around trying to get the knife off. So, again, I agree with you. It, I think it was... Kind of trying to add a little bit of comic relief to it. Yeah, it was a little too, like, cheesy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as Michael's doing this, Lori sneaks out of the back door and out of the room. Michael walks out into the hallway. As he does, Lori jumps out from behind a curtain and stabs him several times in the chest with multiple knives. She's got a knife in each hand, mm-hmm. and she is just, like, stabbing the shit out mm-hmm. of him. Um, yeah, so anyway, she's stabbing him in the chest with both the knives. They they can, He starts, like, moving backwards. He's walking mm-hmm. backwards, and as he does... Um, he falls out of one of the open balcony classic balcony fall this is in how many of the movies all of them (laughs) this guy's always falling out of a balcony but he falls onto one of the tables from earlier that i thought he flipped them all over but apparently he left that one singular table yeah there so he could fall on it Mm -hmm. similar to halloween one she drops the knife because one stuck in his chest she drops the other knife uh, she has in her hand she slowly walks down the steps to where michael is pulls the butcher knife that she stabbed him with earlier out of his chest raises it above her head as fucking ronnie runs yeah. up <sighs> ronnie runs into the picture grabbing Lori, telling her that he's dead stop he's dead and he pulls her away from michael and out of the room see i thought ronnie got shot like three or four times I think it grazed his head and that was it. Okay. Because I'm like, I thought he was dead. <laughs> um, You know, he, I don't know. Just let her stab him, man. Yeah. Let her get her. Well, she'll get it here in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Scene 11, the final scene. The scene opens with Ronnie telling his wife he's going to write romantic thrillers. He's fine. The bullet just grazed him. We see the police and paramedics putting Michael. Uh, he's in a body bag. I thought he was on a gurney, but in the van later, he's not on a gurney. Yeah, I think he was, but then in the van, yeah, you're right. He wasn't. So just then, Lori grabs an, the axe, which again, I don't know where the, it's, this axe came from. Random axe just laying around up mm-hmm. against a tree. She pulls the axe gra- and then grabs a police officer's gun and instructs the paramedics to load him in the van. She takes the van, driving down a windy road, the same road we saw earlier with mm-hmm. the buses. And as she's driving, we see behind her that the body bag is moving, but when she looks up, it stops. 
Finally, she does see the body bag moving, and it's like struggling to get mm-hmm. out. Uh, she continues to drive. We see that Michael gets his the bag open. He gets his hands through the uh, zipper part and opens it. He goes toward Lori in the van as she slams on the brakes, and he flies through the windshield out of the van. In the headlights of the car, Michael rolls over as Lori tells him to get up. Get up. Get up, you fucker. She didn't say that, but... <laughs> I wish she did. Uh, <laughs> as he gets up, she floors the van into him and drives off the road. Michael and the van go tumbling down a hill. As the van rolls, uh, we see Michael roll and fly up against a tree. The van comes down, uh, comes crashing down, spinning, and it pins in between the van and the tree. His chest is up against the uh, like a fallen tree. Yeah, and the whole, like, his body shaking, it almost looked like it was a doll. Well, that's the, yes. So his, it looked weird. His chest is like up against that tree and the van pins him like at the waist from the backside. Right. So he's pinned against this tree and this van is up against. So he's definitely not getting out of there, No, but his like body like convulses weird. That's, I have a note to ask you. Did you notice this see the six seizure like gesture that Michael made? It was weird. Like it looked, I don't know. It looked funny. It looked really weird. Yeah. But I almost wonder if that's how you would react. If the, is it like showing that his like nervous system is screwed up or maybe, something? Maybe because if it's hitting right like at a spine. I don't maybe know. That's what it, maybe that's what it was supposed to be. Yeah, but I also, well, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, I also think it's playing into something else, which you find out later, which I hate. But nonetheless, right now, um, the camera cuts to Lori, who's in the grass. As she gets up, the van catches on fire. <laughs> she walks toward <laughs> it slowly. Again, very similar to Halloween too. Would the van just catch on fire? I mean, I guess I could, but generally probably not. So let's talk about Lori real quick. Dude, she is beat the fuck up here. Yeah, she looks like shit. Bloody mm. everywhere. She's bruised. Her clothes are all ripped up. She's moving at Jessica's favorite pace. What's that? <laughs> Glacial. <laughs> well, at this glacier pace, somehow the axe is laying in the grass again. Like this axe. Yeah, this is like her. I don't know. Her weapon. She finds the axe laying in the grass. She walks up to Michael, who's slumped over the fallen tree, still pinned. She says, Michael, Michael. <sighs> he wakes up, and he's, like, grabbing his head and his hair, and he's, like, touching his face. He reaches his hand out to her as if to ask for help, but she never. Uh, but he never says a word this whole mm-hmm. time. So he's got his arm reached out. Lori actually um, reaches out, and their hands, like, almost touch yeah, I couldn't tell if they just barely touched or not at all. I don't think they touch. Like, his, her fingers are in between his. They don't ever actually mm-hmm. touch. And then they, like, make this weird, awkward eye contact. Mm-hmm. Uh, just then, she drops her hand, pulls the axe back, and cuts Michael's head off. And we see his head rolls on the ground with the mask still on. The camera bands back to pans back to Lori, who looks... I think she looks relieved. Yeah. And as the camera pans out, the Halloween theme music starts mm-hmm. to play. And we hear police sirens are coming. The end. So what did you think of the movie, Seth? I actually really like this one. I don't know if it's the nostalgia of the 90s, because it definitely has that feel, mm. like Scream does. The old nostalgia. It was short. Yeah. And it was, like, not very slow. Hmm. And I feel like they got a lot of information in there without having to have a lot of slow establishment scenes. You know what I mean? I agree. I think that it was... Um not long. You know I like my 130s, my one hour and 30 minute movies. This was actually a little shorter than that. Um, yeah. I don't know. Let's, let's, let's hop into the ratings. Let's, let's jump right into the ratings. So, just to recap, 
we do a stabbies rating scale. If I don't all you noobs, newbies out there. I'm just gonna run through it real quick. You get a possible five stabbies per movie. We're gonna average it out to what our average stabbies rating for the horror movie crew is. Right now, for the horror movie crew, our top three average rated movies are The Ring with a 4.7, The Conjuring with a 4.7, Rob Zombie's Halloween with a 4.7. In fourth place is Scream with a 4.63. Our worst rated movies are Beetlejuice with a 3.27. I know you did last summer with a 2.8. And at the very bottom, Seth, is Killer Condom with a 1.5 average stabbies rating. <laughs> Shoo-wee, you're a favorable raider, and I know you like this movie, so I'm actually excited to hear what you have to say about your rating, Seth. So what, what what'd you give it? it? What'd you do it? What'd you give it? I am going to give this a 4.5. 4. 4.5 for Seth. Same as the original. Really? Yeah, I definitely enjoyed this one as much. I don't know if it's because it's Jamie Lee. I don't know. I just like it a lot. So where's that put you? Put this for you. That's at the top of yours, right? You give the ring a 4.5? I have a bunch of 4.5s. Oh, you give the Conjuring a 4.6. Mm. You do have quite a few 4.5s. I do. Yeah. Intriguing. No, it was. this is one I would definitely watch several times. I agree. This is a go-to for me. I love yeah. this movie. Um... So yeah, if you look at my ratings, I've got uh, my gave my first five out, Seth. Couple of HMC nineteen, Rob Zombie. Have you given a five out yet? Mm-mm. Mm, being a, you haven't even given a four point nine out. No, what's my highest? Four point eight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Rear window with a four point eight. Mm, a little bias there, weren't you? Um, <laughs> so I gave the Ring a four point nine, Halloween four point nine, Scream a four point nine. I actually like this better than the original Halloween. Really? I do. But I do I like it, but it's up there with me for Scream, but it's not as high as Scream. The problem is I rated the original Halloween probably too high. What'd you rate it? Four point nine. Oh yeah, you did. But I feel like it was the original and that's without it you wouldn't have the rest of them. No, so there'd be none of them. I am gonna follow suit and I am also gonna give it a four point nine, same as I gave the original Halloween. Cool. Yeah, I know you're excited. You're excited. I am. I would probably give it... I do like it better. I'm giving it a 4.9, but I do like it better than the, the original. original. Yeah, I think it flows better. It's not as slow. Um, I don't know. I just like it. I just like it. So what's that make it like a 4.7? Man, you are so smart. How did you get to be so smart, you think? I have no idea. Well, hang on. Let's just jump into getting lit and talking shit real quick, okay? Okay. All right. Rotten Tomatoes critics, 60 of them. They grave the grave. They gave this a 53% on 60 ratings. Keep in mind, the critics thing is if it's above a certain percentage, it's the Mm. number of blah, 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 blah. What I find more valuable is a Rotten Tomatoes audience score, because that's folks like you and me that can just go on there and rate it, Seth. 49% on 180,000 users. This movie's not well-liked on Rotten Tomatoes. What's funny is that IMDb gave it a 4.9 out of 10 on 107,000 users. So almost the same. It is the same, actually. We gave it a 4.7 average Stabby's rating. Which is 94%. We liked it a lot more than they did. Clearly. Well, they're idiots. Asshole. Um, 
The problem is we're going to put an asterisk next to this. That's only two of us. There's only two of us, so yeah. we're going to have to put an asterisk. It'll be the first one with an asterisk. Asterisk. Because it, that means that it's up there. What we really need to do is get Jess's rating on what she thinks it is, and then we can add it in, and that'll give us our mm. actual average. That's true. But right now it's sitting at a 4.7 tied for first place. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, shit. I don't think hers is going to be that high, though. I don't know. We'll no. text her and ask her. Um, figures, my favorite. Let's talk some money. So budget. This movie had a $17 million budget. The box office was $55 million. So it made some cash. Made quite a bit. So I wondered where this falls in line with all the other Halloween movies. So I looked up um, all of the Halloween movies, what their budgets were, and what their box office was. So all I really care about right now, truthfully, is the box office. Mm -hmm. So Halloween 1, 1978, the box office was $47 million. So this movie did more at the box office. Now, granted, you have to take into consideration that the first Halloween movie... They only had a budget of $325,000. Made more money, obviously. Nonetheless, Halloween 2 did $25 million. Halloween's f- uh, Halloween 4 did $18 million. I didn't include Halloween 3 because it doesn't include Michael Myers, so I just mm-hmm. took it out. Halloween 5, $12 million. Halloween 6, $15 million. Halloween H2O, $55 million. Halloween Resurrection, $30 million. Rob Zombie's Halloween did $33 million. Is that right? Well, you have 33 for that and and the second one. No, that's wrong. I thought the first one made more. It did. It was $58 million. I'm like 99% sure it's $58 million. Yeah, Rob Zombie's Halloween, we're going to go with $58 million. $58 million, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 is $33 million, And then Halloween 2018, $159 million dollars on a $10 million budget. Wow. Wow. I do want to see that one again. I've only seen it when we saw it in the theater. Oh, you haven't seen it since? Uh-uh. Oh, we'll have to watch it. We'll have to watch it. Yes, we will have to watch it. Yeah. All right. Let's get to thoughts after watching the movie. So, you went into this earlier. Let's let's go ahead and hash it out, man. The mask. Let's discuss. Hate it. Why did you hate it so much? Well, like I said, it's way too clean. His whole outfit's clean. Like, he doesn't look as grungy as all the other ones. Makes you wonder where he's been at for 20 years. Right? It's just not as scary. I don't know if it's because it's so white and clean looking. It's not wrinkly. It's just like... The eye holes were really big. Yeah, they're huge. Um, so there were three different masks used for this. And then at one point, they actually had to CGI the mask, the newer mask, over the older mask's face. So when he runs into Charlie, or Charlie runs into him, you know, he says hello or whatever... They actually see, tried to CGI the mask over a, a mask. That's how I understand it. But what happened is they started with the original mask, didn't like it, and then did two mask changes after they'd already filmed a lot of the movie. Oh. So there's actually multiple different masks within the movie. In my opinion, they all suck. Yeah, I didn't like them. Um, yeah. So you hated the mask. Yeah. Worst mask of the entire franchise. It's your least favorite mask. Yes. Okay. That's fair. Um, It might be mine as well. It's not... Granted, I don't remember the 2018 mask, but... It's really... The 2018 mask is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The... um, Yeah, this one's probably... It's it's really white. You're right. It's really clean. I don't know. But yeah, they did. They used three, technically four, if you can include the CGI mask. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I agree with you. Not, Not... 
not a great mask. No. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is, um, so to me, this is clearly a Laurie Strode movie. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. I think it's the first movie that actually centralizes around her as a strong lead character. Now, I understand that she's obviously important in, in how Homo said Scream in Halloween 1. Um, and she's also in Halloween 2 briefly. I think that her purpose in Halloween 2 was just to collect a paycheck, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't do much. Uh-uh. Halloween 1, in my opinion, is more of a Loomis Michael movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think this is the first time that we really see her as that strong uh, lead character. And in my opinion, it's more of a Laurie Strode movie. Yeah. I read, I don't have it written down, but I read somewhere, it was either this morning or yesterday, that they were actually thinking of calling this um, Halloween 7, The Revenge of Laurie Strode. But yeah, then that they, wouldn't have landed as well. Well, then they decided to take the fact that 4, 5, and 6 weren't taken into consideration in this, so they didn't mm. do it. Because I think Halloween 6 is the Revenge of Michael Myers. But she's not in any of those, right? No, she's talked about okay. in 4, I think, because they talk about how Jamie is her daughter and yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah, so to me, this is 100% a Lori movie. Um, so... We kind of talked about it earlier, but how do you feel about the demons that she's battling? You know, the alcoholism, the prescription drugs that we know she's obviously... We saw a whole cabinet full of them, um, but still functioning to try to raise her son somehow. I think it's very realistic of, like, how somebody probably would cope with that if it had happened. Right. Especially when this came out, is like when prescription pills started to become, like, a problem. Oh, that's like a true. Big deal. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. At least, like, in the public, anyway. I'm sure it was a big deal longer than that, but... So, I 100% agree. I think this is how somebody that went through that would probably... Again, I have never done, so I have no idea. But I would have to envision that that's likely how somebody would handle that situation. And then, mm-hmm. on top of it, you know, she faked her own death. Yeah. Um, I wonder if her faking her own death had anything to do with having the kid... Oh, it could have. But then I don't think so because the husband, the dad, still knows where she's at. So like, True. So that probably happened after she faked her death. Right. If I had to guess. But nonetheless, well, yeah. yeah, it would be diff- – That that's that's what I agree with. I think that it would be realistic that that's how somebody would act. Um, so that leads into this. Do you prefer this version of Lori from Halloween 2008 – or Halloween H2O or the Lori Strode in Halloween 2018 – where again they don't take into consideration that Michael is her brother but she's still facing those same demons she's an alcoholic she's got like this whole fortress built in I her feel house. like it's a similar character just maybe amped up a little in the 2018 see I don't agree with that because I think in but, H2O she's like broken at the beginning which in 2018 she is broken but she's also like prepared for him to come back and right. she's, she's like once in multiple times she says she wants him to get out mm-hmm. and she wants him to come back so she can kill him where i think in h2o she like is hoping he's dead and and again that's the other difference though right because yeah, in yeah, 2018 yeah. he's not dead he's just been locked up again right and she knows where he is where in h2o is like she never had that closure of is he dead? Is he not dead? She has no idea. So I think I like H2O more than 2018. See, I need to watch 2018 again. 
I just, I guess for me, it's the, yeah, I, I understand what they were going for. They're going for that strong female lead. They were, you know, it's a very um, female empowering movie with the three leads being um, Lori Strode, her daughter, and her granddaughter. Um, but I, for me, I enjoy this version of Lori because you actually get to see that moment when she flips and she's like, when she grabs the axe and she goes back after him and she's yeah. again. I'm a little biased though because again, this was the really the first introduction I got into Michael. So true and, and Lori. Yeah, <sighs> that was a lot, huh? Mm-hmm. So again, in my opinion, I think Screams touches all over this movie. Um, the way it's shot, the writing, the characters, the fighting back against Michael, e- even parts of the score, I think, were heavily influenced by what Scream did, and just obviously based on the success that Scream had. In my opinion, I'm anxious to hear your opinion on this. I don't know that without Scream, you would have had this movie. You know, I don't know. If, maybe, but it probably would have had a different vibe to it. Yeah, I think that maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Because I think the whole thing needed a reboot. Because for And again, even when you look at the vibe of this movie versus Halloween, just Halloween 1 and 2... The Halloween one, you don't really have that comic relief that you have in this, which I think True. came specifically from Scream and how they added that comedic element. Right, yeah. But, I mean, they might have redone it just when it had that part. The other thing I really like about this movie is that um, it. I think it carries well. Cause you and I talked about this about Scream, that, yeah, the clothing is out, the haircuts, all that mm. stuff. But it really, we could sit down. I think somebody who likes a younger person than us who likes horror movies could, who may have never seen that movie would sit down and would like that movie. Even though it seems a little dated. This they, one? No scream. Oh yeah. I feel the same way about this one. Yeah. This plays well even now. So I think it carries itself on. It does age well, despite having the, you know, like the music and uh, fucking Creed. Creed comes up with scream <laughs> three as well, but nonetheless, it's like, I think that this movie really, Maybe unlike Halloween one, because we watched that and we were like, "Oh my god!" Like it's slow. It's the the dialogue between the characters. I mean, that was the style then, though. That, I mean, it, correct. Yes, I. So agree. I don't know if somebody who was twenty one now watching this would say the same thing. Okay, well, it is my old ass saying that, so maybe not. Um, but I don't know. It'd be interesting to hear an opinion of somebody younger if they're like, "This movie's stupid." That, honestly, that would be really good to to have if we could get that Some opinion from somebody. Nineties, you know, like we would say about an older one, <laughs> older than that. <laughs> okay, so the ending of the movie. Um, so, have you seen Halloween Resurrection? I'm sure I have. Okay. I do not remember it. So at the beginning of Halloween Resurrection... Is it before or after this? It's after. It's the next movie after this. Okay. Um, you find out that um, Laurie Strode didn't actually kill Michael at the end of this movie. When LL Cool J takes her out of the... When Ronnie, the security guard, takes her out of the room, um, the paramedics come in to check on Michael and Michael kills one of the paramedics and switches outfits with them. Uh, oh God. So who she actually kills at the end of this movie is one of the paramedics. And that's why the paramedic is reaching out to her, trying to get her to stop. And when he wakes up, he like grabs his face and his hair. And then again, when you think about it, Michael never does that. So it makes sense that it's not a normal Michael gesture to do that. 
Um, Do you think that was written like that for H2O? It actually was written like that for H2O. However, Jamie Lee Curtis only agreed to come back because she wanted to end the series and she wanted to kill Michael. But uh, it was Mustafa Akkad, whoever is in charge of all these movies, he did not want to indefinitely kill Michael because you couldn't make any more movies after that, right? Mm -hmm. So they had this already written in that that's how it would end, but they agreed because of Jamie Lee Curtis that they wouldn't announce that until resurrection came out is she in resurrection she's in the first 10 minutes of resurrection okay um yeah so anyway oh jumping back to h2o in my opinion i think the halloween resurrection ruined one of the best horror movie endings of all time in my opinion i think that laurie strode killing michael myers with the axe and his head rolling and that it i think that's one of the best endings of in my opinion any horror, not the best, but one of the best of any horror movie. It's my favorite scene in the movie for sure. And then they just kill it like that with Resurrection, yeah. where that oh, that's not what happened, and nonetheless, mm, interesting. Um, yeah, it drives me nuts. But yeah, I wish that that had not happened. But again, it was already written in that that's what uh, how they were going to end the movie, and they were going to do the next movie, and uh, okay, it wasn't Michael. I don't know how so. I feel about that. Yeah, it pisses me off when I think about it. So that's why I generally don't even include Halloween Resurrection in uh, in the series. In the series, as you know, we've never watched it. So I mean, I've seen, I have it, but we don't, we don't. Well, watch maybe it. I need to watch it then. If you want it, I have it. You can borrow it. All right. Last fun fact before we hop into our favorites. Um, so originally, one of the versions of the script for this movie, Charlie was actually the killer. He was dressing like Michael and going mm. around. Again, very scream. Yeah, vibe. that would have been too scream-ish. They ended up canning that and going with having the actual Michael. So I thought yeah. that was, but that was, I thought that was interesting. That that's yeah. The, I want to like that. It just would have felt like a scream ripoff. I agree. I agree. Um. All right. What's your favorite kill from the movie? Definitely the ending. Michael. Because all the other ones really weren't that exciting. They were mostly just stabs. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, the Will scene was cool, I think. I mean, he didn't even see all of them. Like, Charlie didn't see. Mm, yeah. Uh, did we see the chick? Yes, that's where he's stabbing her. Right. <laughs> yeah, I got to agree. I think the Michael kill scene. Plus, who would have thought that in a Halloween movie we would pick Laurie Strode killing somebody over that's Michael? That's true. That's true. What's your fit? Do you have a favorite overall scene? Like just the one scene that sticks out to you the most? God, it's probably that ending scene. That's it? Yeah. For me, I agree. That's a great scene. For me, it's probably going to be when she's walking through the school with the axe screaming Michael. Oh, yeah. You said the axe was your scene. That's probably, again, not just in this movie, but in general. It's one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. What's the one thing you liked about the movie? Just one. I definitely like the 90s, like horror movie vibe it had mm -hmm. definitely very nostalgic for me same here again it was my first introduction to halloween michael myers laurie strode um so i was probably one of the people that were very grateful they did the old recap there at the beginning with uh, the fake loomis talking over the yeah talking over the yeah. pictures but um the thing i like is that you start the movie and you see where laurie's at and you kind of find out that background about her but she's just like this broken person her son's losing all respect mm -hmm. for her she probably really doesn't have any respect for herself at that point into where this character would see at the end where she could leave and run again like she did when she faked her death right 
Uh, but she chooses to go back and fight, and I, that's what I really liked about it, is that you, hmm. you get to see that whole transition through the movie. This is it, Seth. You ready? Yeah. The thing you fucking hated about this movie. That cheesy knife throwing scene. <laughs> I could have done without that. Are you ready for mine? And you may not have even made it this far into it, but... So the scene, she cuts off Michael's head. Yep. The head rolls. Yep. We see the head. Mm-hmm. It pans out to Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie Strode, and she looks relieved. It's over. She's finally, like in uh, what Molly said in the classroom, she confronted the monster. She had to. It was her fate. The screen goes black. The Halloween theme plays. 15 seconds into it, they stop the Halloween theme and play fucking Creed. Oh, you know, I think I stopped it before that. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> We get 10 seconds of the Halloween theme and then I got to hear Creed. You have to remember who the audience would have been in 1998. Oh, dude. A bunch of high school kids. It made me cringe. (laughs) I was like, you are kidding me. So for the time, it was probably like, ooh. I also think um, that people in 1998, we probably weren't as... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, trained to stay throughout the credits to look for, you know, your Easter eggs and your after know. the credits. Not back then. They never did that stuff. So how many people realistically stay? Okay. They probably swap head off. Yeah. Michael's face, Lori's face, theme music plays, credits roll. People probably got up and left. Yeah. I feel like that kind of stuff didn't start till like the 2000s. Yeah. So I think the Marvel thing really did that, didn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, I was sitting there like, you got to be fucking kidding me. You got to be kidding me. Creed. Yeah. Creed. Creed. Fucking Creed. <clears throat> All right. You got anything else you want to talk about, about Halloween H2O for our bonus episode, HMC 21? No, but remember, I wanted to change my rating for Rob oh, Zombie. Oh, shit. Halloween I forgot two. about it. We should have did that at the beginning. Damn uh, it. Well, I didn't know where to work it in. No, that's all right. You work it however you want to work it. What do you got for me? So when I was posting the Instagram post for this, mm-hmm. and you gave me that one poster to post, we mm-hmm. had like the collage of pictures. The picture of her in the bathroom mm-hmm. where Annie dies for some reason like stuck with me. Yeah? Like she looks so sad and defeated. She's defeated. And it like bothered me for a couple of days. I'm like, okay. A couple days? Yeah, I kept thinking about it. And I'm like, <laughs> and I was like thinking about her deterioration because then I posted the next one was like showing her three different. Right. So the fact that it stuck with me and bothered me mm-hmm. means Mr. Zombie did a good job. Mr. Zombie. Mr. Robert Cummings. That's his real name is Rob Cummings. Oh, is it? Yeah. Cummings. <laughs> but yeah, if you look at that picture, like. I don't know if it's just how they caught her in the moment there, but right. or if it's her acting, but you can just tell. It's just like really sad. Sounds like good directing and good acting to me, Seth. But you know, I'm biased. Yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but anyway, so I'm going to move that up to a 3.9. Holy cow, from a 2.4 to a 3.9? Yeah. yeah, the fact that it made me think about it that much. Wow. Granted, I hated Loomis and I hated the screaming in the movie, but... Holy cow, 3.9, yeah. huh? Jess went with a four. You went just below Jess. Yeah. thought you went one up just so you could one up or No. <laughs> that puts it at an average of a 4.03. So, yeah, after we talked about it and I thought about it. Wow. Yeah. Where's that put it at on the... That moved it up a bit. Um, 
It's number t- uh, 12. It's above rear window. Well, I and wouldn't put it above rear window, but... Wow. Well, I'm glad yeah. you finally came around. Yeah. Well, it took me... I had to let it digest. Just the fact that it stayed with you for that long is pretty impressive. Yeah. It was, I still get sad when I look at that picture of her. Oh, man. <laughs> making me sad. <laughs> Quit it. We're going to have to have a good cry. We're going to have to have a good cry, cry after sesh. this. All right, we're going to crack some Miller Lights. Have a good cry. Well, hey, listen, our next episode is going to be Trick or Treat. We are going to drop that the day before Halloween on Friday. Is that when? Halloween's a Saturday. It'll come out October 30th at midnight if I get my shit together and um, edit it that quickly, which I'll try to do for all of you crewbies out there because we know our crewbies. We love our crewbies, Seth. Yeah, we do. Yes, we do. So in November, we'll be back to the Krubies requests. We're going to jump back to the Krubies requests. Uh, Amityville is our first one, I think. Oh, what is it? Yep. And then we're going to have uh, Chuck from Chuck Goes to the Movies on, and we're going to do Cabin in the Woods. Oh. So, yeah, it's going to be exciting. We're going to have to get the fucking studio fixed up before that, huh? Mm-hmm. Anyway, Trick or Treat will be out Friday. Uh, on that episode, we're going to announce the winner of our contest for um, the merch giveaway. I've been keeping track of everybody in my phone, giving people extra votes for people I like. Yeah, Josh has one of the shirts on right now. Yeah, you're going to get this shirt. I'm going to take it off and mail it to you. Except your giant pecs make my forehead look even bigger than it really than it is. <laughs> Sorry about that. I can't help it, man. You gotta get your, you gotta do your push-ups. I know. Gotta get your push-ups in. Well, you don't have anything else you want to talk about. Nope. No, no other movies you want to change ratings on. Nope, just that one. In that case, we're out of here. Bye. Bye y'all. Bye y'all. Good evening. This is Seth. Welcome to the show.